Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's good, y'all? This is C Certified Brewhead, and welcome to episode 129 of Beer and Others, the podcast adjunct series. We are back in the building with another phenomenal episode. I'm excited for this one. But of course, as always, this episode is brought to you by the good, fine folks at Manscaped. You know the vibes every single week. Oh, I should have had the read-up. Look at that. This is a public service announcement. Manscaped now has beard products and is going even further with their brand new Weed Whacker 2.0. Go ahead and tell the world the leaders in the below-the-waist grooming are traveling north of your South Pole with their revolutionary grooming products. The new Weed Whacker 2.0 and their new beard line confirms that they, that they have the best tools for your hygiene toolbox. Time for you to upgrade your game by going to manscaped.com and use the code BAOS for 20% off plus free shipping. What a deal. So... The This one is about the Weed Whacker 2.0. I've used the original one. Now, I don't have the 2.0 yet, but I'm going to touch on that plus the other beard products. So, gentlemen, meet the Beard Hedger Pro Kit. This is the ultimate package that makes it easier than ever to craft your signature look. It all starts with the cordless electric Beard Hedger. The Beard Hedger is this guy right here. It's tough on hair, but smooth on your face, leading to single stroke efficiency that brings satisfaction one stroke at a time. It's waterproof cordless trimmer has a rotary wheel in the front here that gives you 20 hair cutting lengths. Look at that. All with one guide, so no more messy drawers full of extra add-ons. The Pro Kit also comes with four dermatologist-tested formulations for your post-trim care. This includes Manscaped's beard shampoo and conditioner, beard oil, and beard balm to moisturize style and shimmer your new beard. Plus, the kit has three free gifts, a beard brush, comb, and scissors. And I usually say this every week. This is the brush perfect give it a little one two so i'm looking pretty for the pod uh what a nice with a nice beard your face is perfectly groomed right wrong you need to keep an eye out for those tough to trim ear and nose hairs that's super important folks the brand new weed whacker 2.0 offers improved blades and skin safe technology with no tugging guarantee because that shit hurts it's never been so painless to mind your manholes <laughs> i haven't read this one before this is funny now that you have your face looking great you must try it manscape's performance package 4.0 for the full body grooming experience and good news the performance package 4.0 now comes with the weed whacker 2.0 the new guy and all of the other below the waist grooming products manscaped is known for your significant other will We'll be delighted to see you covering all bases, if you know what I mean. So get 20% off and free shipping with our code BAOS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code BAOS at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. So with that, we are bringing in a brewery uh, in Nathan's uh, town of Ottawa. I was about to say hometown because that wouldn't be true. And uh, this is a brewery I've been to a few times, always been a big fan. It's a great vibe. I feel like uh, almost every trip I go to Ottawa, actually, at least recently, I always try to swing by to grab a pint, grab something to go. Um, it's a vibe, and I'm excited to get the full story for the first time on the pod. So, folks, please welcome, of course, Nathan from Nathan Does Beer and BOS, and Rod and Dave from Flora Hall. <laughs> Gentlemen, welcome. How you doing? Welcome, fellas. Uh, good to be here. Great. Good to be here, gents. Yeah. Honor and a pleasure. Great to meet you both, and uh, very excited to uh, get into the brews and get to the story and hear all about it. So first things first, you guys want to tell us what we're kicking off with? Uh, yeah, we're going to kick off with the English Ordinary Bitter. Let's go. Yeah. Oh, where is he? Come on, come on. Boom. Yeah. Come on. There she is. Oh, get yeah. your focus there. There we go. Yeah, <laughs> got it. Struggling. This gorgeous little can. Uh, love this as a, uh, a starting beer, and Dave, I hear this is a uh, a big fave for you, my friend. It is a special beer. It's a it's a beer that uh, as 
I grew up with as a person uh, spending a lot of time over in the UK. And when Rod joined me uh, as my founding brewer at Flora, he had a beautiful list of beers. And I said, the only thing I'd like you to get, is it possible? Would you, would you consider adding an English ordinary bitter to the list? And he's like, yeah, never brewed this before, but absolutely, I'll, I'll do that. And I, I'd say probably the greatest pleasure the whole project was just tasting that first bitter wow out of a out of a fermenter rod standing there i have my old uh english dad who is now 91 who at the time was 86 or so and we just tasted it and it, it out of the park beautiful beer it's been on since we started and i love it three and a half percent you can drink them all night i've i've proven that many times many times over <laughs> it's a fantastic beer so love thank that. you, Rod, for this beer. I love this beer. It's perfect. First of all, and it's then, a gorgeous one too. Like, look, look at that pretty. color and uh, like absolutely crystal clear. Cheers, legend. It's a good-looking beer. Mm. Oh yeah. That malt, you know, that biscuit, that maltiness. It's, it's, it's. Every time I taste it, even though I've had plenty of them, it's just it's it, so, it, it, it. It hits. Tastes tastes like the first time. I love that. So this beer, was it modeled after any specific one that maybe that there was like the, the benchmark for a, a beer like this at all? Uh, I mean, I, honestly, so Rod, yeah, I sent him a couple, I, yeah, I just sent ahead. him a couple of things, a couple of, couple of beers. And then he looked, you know, and tasted them. but then I'll let you talk about it cause you made it. But I did, I said this one, this one, and this one are beers that I love and take it, take it away. Rod. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I hadn't uh, drank as much English Ordinary Bitter as Dave um, when I made this beer. Uh, I was out uh, working in Vancouver when uh, when I first got the job here in Ottawa. So um, I was just talk talking to some uh, brewers out there and everyone I talked to said, you know, yeah, I love that style. Um, you know, it's great style. I wish we could make it, but it doesn't sell. So, you know, I was a little skeptical, um, but uh, yeah, I just talked to, just uh, asked around, uh, you know, uh, what's some good ingredients for uh, for an English Ordinary Bitter. So, uh, you know, Maris Otter base malt, a little bit of uh, extra special uh, caramel malt from Brees, a uh, little bit of flaked oats and a tiny bit of victory malt um, and just kind of subtle amounts of all those, uh, those uh, um, malts and, uh, Know, probably about uh, 20, 26, 27 IBU, so uh, not too bitter. Um, and then just uh, like a high mash temp to try and keep as much of that uh, maltiness in there, like without getting too much alcohol. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, I kind of owe it to like the, the all the, the brewers in Vancouver I kind of talked to and kind of put, uh, put it together. So you designed it while you were living out there? Yeah, yeah yeah so i used to work uh yeah i was living in uh in vancouver um and uh, actually was uh, visiting ottawa to uh to go to a wedding uh the wedding of uh the other brewer i work with now miles miles dunn who uh at the time was working at bose and um just really liked the beer scene out here while i was visiting um you know my wife and i and, and our, our new son were uh looking to get out of vancouver and we weren't really thinking about Ottawa, but, uh, you know, just visiting a few breweries kind of got us thinking about 
got me thinking about uh, about Ottawa and uh, yeah, just kind of was lucky, uh, you know, found uh, found Dave just online who was uh, looking for a brewer at the time. So that's perfect. Yeah. perfect. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, the luck the luck was absolutely mutual, and and this this beer is is one that you know it's it is hard to it's hard to sell to people who don't who haven't had bitter before and so we can sell it easily in our tap room no problem because you get past that well i don't like bitter i don't like things that are bitter and you quickly can get into a conversation about the beer and and so forth but we have a couple of licensees who sell this Mm. beer and they were struggling and we just simply and I don't like this, but we did it. And we just simply called it the uh, Flora Hall Amber. And it, people absolutely love the beer. Interesting. <laughs> but, but when it was on, when it was on the menu <laughs> as Flora Hall English Ordinary Bitter, they weren't selling because hmm. the server, servers weren't familiar with the style. They couldn't explain the style, etc. In our tap room, no problem, as I said. And, and uh, But uh, slowly but surely now in Ottawa, after we've had this beer right from the get-go, and it's pretty much been on tap uh, constantly uh, since we opened. So people now in Ottawa understand the style a lot more, thanks to Rod's uh, delicious version of it. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah I definitely give uh, Dave credit because I... <clears throat> I Early days in the top room, I could hear him almost every day explaining <laughs> what it was it's to, to some customer. <laughs> he didn't give up on it, and uh, you know, I give him credit because I wasn't, I wasn't sure it was going to stick. I really loved the beer too, and uh, you know, just a lower ABV beer that's called bitter. Uh, you know, I wasn't really sure it was going to stick, but uh, yeah, yeah, Dave really did a good job of uh, you know educating our customers and and really kind of getting people to try it and as soon as people tried it like dave was saying it's they're kind of really liked it so That's so yeah awesome. it's uh, it's kind of been one of the ones that have been around uh for us since since day one and uh um kind of part of our identity i love that i've noticed it's interesting you mentioned that so it sounds like you guys were ahead of the curve on the style i've noticed uh, and nate can speak to it as well we've had multiple breweries for the pod have chosen to drink their bit or esb or whatever it might be and at first I was like, this is an interesting choice. And I've seen it more and more. So it's almost like you guys were probably part of that education, not even just in Ottawa, maybe even broader, you know, because you're so close to Quebec as well. And it just seems to have like maybe been a style that's like slowly spread, maybe with the rise of the the crispies in the last few years as well, particularly the Czech stuff and maybe more of an interest in traditional stuff that's just classic and you can't go wrong. <clears throat> so it's... uh. That's really fascinating to hear that you guys actually actively had to, you know, give people that education off the rip. I love it. And it's, yeah, it's, I, w- it's, I, it's I, also would, a... I would say that. Yeah. Uh, uh, sorry, go ahead. No, please, you, you go. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I, I was just going to say, I do think that you guys were ahead of the curve on that a little bit because, uh, like, with some of the breweries that we've talked to in the last, uh, like, in the last couple of years, um, even just going back, like, 2021, 2022, something like that, like, like there are some who are, you know, rolling out their first ESB um, the, and, like, a couple of other breweries, like, doing one similarly. And I don't think there were many in 2017 that had a, a like, that had... Um, any kind of bitter, be it uh, like be it an ordinary bitter, or, uh, like or an ESB or whatnot. Uh, like in 2017, they were pretty few and far between. So I'd say you were ahead of the curve on that. Yeah, and I think the other thing, and and I think we've all observed that there's there's an appetite for 
beers across the ABV spectrum. And I'd say more than ever, people are really loving the lower ABV beers. We have, you know, we've, we've always had a range and I think that's, I think it's important to the drinker in the tap room, but it's also just something as Rod says, like when we're spending time at the brewery during the day, this is the type of beer that you want when you're thirsty, you want to quit, you know, you want a tasty pint and you don't necessarily want to crush a 7% uh, double dry hop IPA. <laughs> I mean, you want that, but not perhaps during, not during the work day. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, you know, I, I really appreciate how, how much body and flavor this beer has at that low ABV because it's hard to do. And that's, that's the skill of the brewer. I, I mm. work. very proud of this one and proud of, of the team for making it. That was my next uh, thing was just to tap into the actual tasting notes of this beer. So you're exactly right there, Dave. Like this is, I wouldn't have guessed it's 3.5 if I did this blind. Right. Tons yeah. of biscuity malt. Um, that it's got that nice, obviously, bitterness, like grassy bitterness. It's just nice and balanced. It's crisp and light enough to make you want to crush it, but enough flavor that you don't feel like you're drinking whatever, light malt water. It's right. um, that nice little toffee sort of thing that's kind of in the back end there um let me add that into my little notes here a bit of toffee i didn't think about that yeah this is fantastic though i really this has been a style that i, I always used to just think like yeah was but i've really come around on this in the last couple of years so when i saw this i was like hell yeah this is this is fantastic boys i'm very happy to hear that it's excellent. become a flagship and it's excellent. always around and excellent and people yeah. are digging it very cool they are and uh, right. the other thing that I uh, the, that I taste in this, and I, I don't know if this is my palate. This is something that tends to come up with me with uh, like with ordinary bitters. Is I get a bit of like a red tea kind of uh, like oh. kind of thing uh, like going on to it with uh, the like with with just kind of um, a slightly like a slightly floral note combined with the uh, like with the biscuity malt bill like tends to come out in a bit of a red tea kind of uh, kind of thing for me. Is that uh, like is that a, is that a little off or like, like is that weird or does that add up? Do you think? <laughs> I think it adds up. Yeah, I might not have uh, picked that out, but <clears throat> you know when you say red tea, maybe um, I don't know if you're picking up any kind of uh, like astringency or anything like that. Um, which I find like when you're having a lower ABV beer, you might pick up a little bit of astringency from uh, just like a little more extraction of polyphenols from malt husks, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we try to, to try not to pick up too much of that uh, uh, astringency there. Um, yeah, and the floral notes, I mean, the, the hops in this one is uh, East Kent Goldings, EKG. So um, might be, it's all EKG. So you might be picking up a little bit of that as well. Interesting. Okay, keeping it authentic. Love it. Um, this yeah. is fire, boys. So I'd love to get the um, the story. So from from both of you, like, how did you both independently get into craft beer, and then how did that path lead you to Flora Hall? And whoever wants to start, you go ahead, Rod, and, and then I'll I'll uh, chip in because you have a longer history in craft beer. Anyway, probably not in beer based on <laughs> relative age, but in proper pretty, sure. <laughs> pretty, pretty hefty in both ways. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, uh, getting into craft beer. So yeah, like I said before, I lived in Vancouver. Um, I was working, uh, doing, uh, environmental consulting work. So I was traveling out of town, uh, Northern Alaska, everything like that for weeks on end, 
and the uh, then I'd come back for a couple of weeks. And when I would get back, I'd have a little bit of time. Uh, I went to like Dan's homebrew shop in East Hastings. Um, started picking up just like the most basic kits you can get plastic bucket, most basic homebrew kits just for fun. Um, and then I really just enjoyed it so much that, you know, I was kind of like trying to, trying to like cut my field ship field trips short so I could get a bit of a longer brew in when I got back. Um, and, uh, really I just kind of got, you know, sick of the traveling with the job I had. Uh, I knew I really liked brewing. I really liked the science behind it. I'm a chemist. Uh, I, was, I did a chemistry degree. Um, I worked in like uh, kind of field engineering stuff. So I was work, used to working with pumps and working with my hands. So I really liked, you know, the aspect of it. Um, in craft beer in Vancouver at the time, uh, this is 2014, I guess, was uh, kind of just picking up. Uh, a lot of places were opening up. You know, I thought about making the jump. Um, but I was kind of just didn't think I could do it without just starting, you know, sweeping the floors or anything. So what I did is I, uh, applied for, um, master brewers program, uh, down in Davis, uh, California, uh, UC Davis. Uh, just, I spent a long time just on that waiting list and I was out East actually on a field trip and I got a, an email I said, Oh, if, uh, you, you've got a spot in the, uh, program, but we got to know in like, two weeks if you're going to come down to California. So <laughs> talk to uh, my, my wife. Uh, I thought I said, ah, it doesn't probably doesn't make sense. Does it, you know, I'm just making okay money doing the field work stuff. And uh, she said, you're miserable. You should definitely do it. <laughs> so yeah. kind of, yeah, quit my job packed up. Uh, my wife came down with me to California. It was a like, six month course, had an awesome time at like such great people. Um, then, uh, you know, when that was over, I moved back to Vancouver and, uh, ended up uh, working at uh, steamworks brewing. Nice. Um, got a job working for, uh, Julia Hanlon that works there. Um, and she had actually taken some of the same, uh, courses. She did the, um, the IBD exams, which is, uh, something that I did. So she kind of knew where I was coming from and, uh, I knew that she, you know, was a, a good brewer just from her credentials. And, uh, yeah, she was great to work for. I worked there, there for, um, you know, not even a year really. And then, um, a job at R and B brewing, uh, came up, um, at the time R and B was, uh, just, uh, just got bought by how sound they're, um, you know, putting a bit of money into it, you know, changing out some old, they had old dairy tanks in there. So they're getting rid of some of those, putting some new fermenters in, cleaning things up. Uh, they were starting a tap room. So it, was, it seemed like a good, uh, a good opportunity. Uh, so I jumped over there, worked there for uh, about two years, I guess. And uh, then, yeah, that's kind of, I was working there and having a great time, but uh, needed to leave Vancouver. And that's when I visited Ottawa and um, got hooked up with Dave and, uh, and uh, came over to help uh, start Flora Halbering. Amazing. That's great. Oh, yeah, Vancouver, man. Great scene out there. Yeah, Love good it. times. And, yeah, awesome breweries out there, absolutely. That's dope. So then, Dave, from your side then, so how, how yeah. did it go down to for you to start the brewery and then connect with Rudd? 
yeah so my my story is uh actually somewhat similar i mean i'm i have a technology background i'm an engineer as well i spent my life traveling the world i had companies that were global in nature that i operated and i spent a lot of time um in establishments you know in whatever country and i would always be seeking out a place that had a certain personality a certain character a certain you know kind of feel and i really loved spending time there and uh, i worked along the way i also spent a couple of years working in the uk i spent my youth over there because my grandparents were and my father is english so i spent a lot of time in in establishments whether they're you know pubs in the uk or whether they're uh izakayas in japan or whatever wherever and whatever and loved the whole uh loved everything about it and loved beer and i almost drink beer exclusively i drink beer and sake and that's it and so both are brewed beautiful brewed products you know and so when i i was retired and and my friends weren't and i i decided that uh opening a venue of some sort was uh was what i wanted to do i always had it in the back of my mind and a restaurant or bar was the first thought and then i thought no there's you know i love beer i love complexity i love uh i want to make sure that that the place we open has something um uh, i guess has a real creative spirit and, and that comes from producing something so every, everything i had done in the past have been about creating a product designing products getting products to market so having beer in the in the mix made a lot of sense for me and I found this beautiful but derelict industrial space in, in Centertown. I'm an Ottawa person. I was born here uh, and spent a lot of my time here. But as I said, traveled a lot. Um, and I was absolutely shocked that this building was sitting vacant and derelict. And, and it took a little bit of effort to get it. And it took a little bit of effort, a lot of effort rather, to turn it into what it is today. But um, that was, uh, you know, that was the story. And I needed and wanted the best brewer I could find. And so I looked around North America because that, that was the, what I had done in the past. Um, if I needed to find somebody for whatever company, I would recruit far and wide. And that's what we did here. And uh, uh, Rod and I met online a couple of times, had a great uh, uh, rapport online. Uh, so I've, you know, I was lucky that the housing prices in Vancouver were going through the roof, so he couldn't yeah. stay. Him and he, he and, and Judith and his family couldn't stay, or could, but could. But I shouldn't. I shouldn't say that they couldn't. They could stay, but it was it was going to be possible to recruit them out of a beautiful place like Vancouver because of the uh, of of that issue. Um, and uh, Rod came out, and I tell I tell people when I'm doing beer tours or when I'm ever given a, a presentation to other other students or whatever like this is the best job interview i've ever uh, been part of because rod rolls up to the brewery which was still under construction um and he's got a suitcase i thought okay well, he's flying in got a suitcase and what's in there and he zip 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 and it's all these beautiful beers that he had brewed out at rmb that he brought with him and we sat there as we're sitting here tonight we sat there uh, for the afternoon and uh, drank those beers and that cemented his position with uh, with me and and uh, it's it's been fantastic we've you know he's the founder of, of you know, co-founder with me of, of flora hall with a question and uh, 
and I'm happy to have them. You know. That's awesome. And, uh, yeah. Damn, that's a good that's a good way to show up to a to a brewing oh, interview. I mean, it's better piece of paper, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, like, significantly. Here, here, here's my CV. It's like it's in bottles and it's in my suitcase right here. <laughs> I love that. I feel like that's a lesson. If uh, for any brewers who are listening or watching, and you're going for a job interview, be like Rod. Bring your beer. Bring, Bring your, your beer. beer. Absolutely. Be a suitcase. That's awesome, yeah. boys. I remember hearing, if I'm not mistaken, the actual venue used to be a fire station. Is that correct? It's it's actually a, an urban legend. <laughs> okay, it, they, it, they lied to me. It, the, I love the it. Profile profile of the of the brewery actually looks a lot like a fire station that's not too far from where both Rod and I live in in uh, in Ottawa. There's a, a fire station that has a very similar front facade, and it's now a uh, community center. So countless people believe it to be a fire station and it looks like it could have been right but no it was it was a it was built in the 20s uh as a uh, kind of a combo office warehouse setup it's a rare industrial building i mean ottawa does not have a lot of, of these types of spaces so right. very fortunate in it um but it was uh yeah it was an industrial building for probably i guess well all of its life but it was originally this engineering outfit and then it was uh, uh, cycle salvage, which is, as I say in my in our uh, brewery tours, is not full uh, Sons of Anarchy, but it was like along the way towards towards. <laughs> uh, and uh, you know, and now it's and then it's not empty for ten years, and it really was a shame. Like it just it was rotting. The building right. was rotting, from, and uh, now it's back into the community, and it's built to last. It should be there for for decades to come. That's awesome, Nate. And um, so, so we're with it in the state that it was. I'm like I'm thinking back to before you guys opened, and the like, and you had uh, like social media up and running under the name Flora Hall Brewing, and uh, like, and I remember there were per- periodic updates every now and then. Um, how long were you working on it before, uh, like before opening day? Like it must have, like it must have been at least, uh, like at least a year or two that, uh, like, they yeah, were was, kind of working on it before it opened, right? It was pretty much. It was a very compact, very complex but compact project. Actually, got the building in uh, middle, probably in the middle of 2016, and then set about with the planning and design and such. We didn't really start. Uh, as long as the city of Ottawa officials are not listening at this time, I can admit the fact that we started we started construction. Well, we started uh, demolition in December of 2016, and then uh, full-on construction after our building permit, of course, came in in January or February of 2017. And then we we opened in October 2017. So it was a, it was an intense year of activity, but only really like eight months of of construction and it was a very uh enjoyable and and uh a challenging project but it was a lot of fun it really it was just so much fun we had every trade every trade you can imagine was working on that project and rod and i had a meeting recently with one of those uh trades people that was on that thing and we were re- reflecting on the party that we had for the trades before we opened uh, to the public and a lot of these guys are people in general i guess they'd had they'd had their light beers they'd had their this they had their that and they were tasting rod also has a, an amazing uh, northeast ipa that's 
a flagship and core beer. Maybe we'll be trying it soon. We'll find we'll find out what the next one Rod wants us to drink. Uh, and these 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 people were accustomed to three four percent uh, lagers, and all of a sudden they encountered this big juicy delicious six and a half percent beer, and all hell all hell broke loose. It was a great party. That's awesome. <laughs> I've never heard that people throwing. A party for the the folks who made the the space happen. I love that. Oh, that is so it was, dope. It was, it was it was outstanding. We had probably a hundred what hundred and fifty people. I'd say Jeez. in there, and you know uh, the various they they brought their partners, and uh, it was it was outstanding. It really, that's was. so cool, so, man. Yeah. Good for you. Before guys. anybody else, before anybody else had a drink in there. To be honest, I love that. Really good. That's yeah. super respectful. Um, very very cool. I was also going to say the actual location, aside from, you know, it seemed like you're saying it was a rare space. Like it's for people who know, like Bank Street in Ottawa is one of the main sort of streets in the downtown area. I guess you'd still consider it. Um, I feel like every single time if I go into Ottawa to go do stuff, get coffee, go out, eat, whatever, it's basically around that general area. And it's it's the perfect location. Like it's just on, it's Flora Street, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's Flora yeah. Street and, it, and it's center town. So for people center who are not town, familiar okay. with Ottawa. And it truly is like if you look back at old maps of Ottawa, that's where the cable cars emanated from. That's where it all started, you know, like up and down Bank Street, as you say, see, and and uh, north south, and that that was familiar territory for me. Anybody again who's been to Ottawa or is from Ottawa, they know like the Barrymore's Music Hall was just north of us. Uh, somebody needs to take that over and 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 do and do a nice restoration of that. But that's that's how I knew about the Flora Building because I used to mm. go to shows down there in the seventies and eighties, and just uh, this thing was in the corner of my eye. Mm. Very so then. Gonna... Sorry. No, I'm just no. You guys go on. I'm just converting my headphones to uh, physical because I think my battery. Then my side to die. Right okay, no worries, <laughs> no problem. So then, I, at the time, so opening October 2017, to paint the picture of the landscape of craft beer in Ottawa from the outside in i'd been there a few times at that point um i know dominion was around um maybe Nail was around yeah no they definitely were yeah uh, uh, beyond the pale and bicycle would have been uh, like would have been around as well but that's kind of it in the general vicinity i I guess i want to say that it's a pretty young scene at the time yes yes yeah beyond the pale was definitely i mean if we look beyond Bose, which Bose was the first mover in the in the whole area and mm-hmm. deserve a lot of credit for for that in general in, in Ontario and 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 uh, beyond, but uh, in Ottawa certainly beyond the I think beyond the Pale Rod you just went to their tenth anniversary, yeah. so they were definitely they were there. Yeah, that was one of the uh, breweries that I that I visited actually when I was, when I was uh, here for that wedding. That kind of you know convinced me that the scene was the scene was pretty good like you know when i had visited um beyond the pale had kind of i think just recently opened their current location um and yeah shane came out from from the back and i introduced myself and he showed me around the whole place um so yeah went went there and went to tooth and nail and i was kind of that's where i kind of got the uh got the vibe that you know there was a a good kind of young scene in in ottawa that would would be great to tap into and be a part of Mm, so it was it was really good timing for you guys then as far as like 
you're stepping into a scene that had started to um i mean previously i remember going to i lived in montreal for a decade now now i'm out here but from montreal whenever i went up to ottawa i remember like i'm talking like in 2013 14 i think maybe i went to clock tower or something and that was kind is that what it's called yeah like the yeah. original one yeah um but that was kind of it that like there wasn't even i like from memory i don't maybe beyond the pale was there but it was the original tiny one that i didn't know mm-hmm. i never actually got to go there so and probable probable that kitchisipi would have like would have been around at that time yes gotcha yes. that makes sense yeah. okay maybe even broadhead maybe yeah broadhead maybe. as well okay. yep, broadhead. And, and broad you know they've all come along like broadhead was parked in a in a very small industrial park setting um in you know in the south end and kitchisippi was in you know so everybody has moved along but uh yeah it's Broadhead true. was definitely there as well yeah. okay now i'm thinking of it when you mentioned the year i went to the cbas in may 2017 uh, yeah. and i okay. remember going to dominion and tooth and now we did podcast back then with them and i was super impressed with what's happening and i remember that being like a like oh shit like Ottawa is killer like this is great and I feel like that was my first like realization that the city was coming in so it's like you guys came in at the perfect time when things were starting to pick up from maybe being a little uh you know just kind of standard stuff nothing like world changing just you know making solid beer to now like oh here's some real standout uh products so you guys came in at the perfect time what was it like for you guys entering the market as it is and you know what what did that look like? So I'll 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 chip in and then Rod can chip in with on the beer side. I mean from a just from a pure sort of front of house hospitality side, I've got a funny story that I I tell quite often about just glassware. Like right now we're drinking our bitter out of pint glasses, which is what it belongs in, mm-hmm. and uh, other beers that we'll have um, are in other other glasses. <clears throat> And I remember sitting at the at the bar. We have two bars at floor, one down on the uh, main level. It's a horseshoe-shaped bar, which I love. And then upstairs on the mezzanine, there's another bar, different vibe, different feel. It's great. So I was sitting at the horseshoe bar, and I was observing just customers coming and going and talking to people and such. And there were a couple came in and sat down. It was probably in our first month of operation. And... Uh, his, you know the the woman in the in the in the pair ordered a stout and got her stout in the same pint glass that we're enjoying right now, and uh, the fella ordered a northeast IPA and got it in a, a stemmed fourteen ouncer, and I could just see him. He's like arms, like the body language. It was not. He was not loving the whole situation. <laughs> okay, so I walked over. I walked over to the team. I said. You, you don't really like that glass, do you? He's like, no, 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 I don't. Because, <laughs> I mean, he was a big, and it's not, a, I guess the size of him doesn't matter, but he's a big, you know, muscular guy, and his girlfriend was quite small, and she's enjoying her pine, and he's got his glass. <laughs> so I grabbed his glass. I said, look, I'll, I'll sort this out. So I put it in a pint, and I topped it up, and I brought it over. I said, look, and, I, and then it gave me a chance to talk to him about why it's in the small glass in the first place. But I said, you know, so the next time you come in, I can't guarantee you're going to get that beer in this glass, but, um, you know, enjoy, happy to see you and so forth. And at the end of the, at the end of a couple of those, he came over and he said, you know what, I, I, 
I started to appreciate it because it's a big beer, six and a half, tons of hop, beautiful aroma. By the time you get down to the bottom, it's not it's it's not what it's supposed to be. Mm. And he, I think he kind of appreciated it and probably just talking about it and just having that. So that's what the that's what our first exposure to the the beer scene in Ottawa was. But I can tell you, we've come a million miles. Like that that mm. issue, that that question, that doubt. Uh, or sorry, that concern has never been raised again. It was almost like just uh, the be- the catharsis. Like I was like, okay, okay, it doesn't always have to be in a pint glass. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that's again just such a great example of uh, like good things that can come out of uh, like consumer education. And having a tap room, I think, like mm-hmm. we we in Canada, I think we largely have always you know, emphasize tap room, but the tap room provides us with so much, so much information and so much knowledge or so much, uh, uh, yeah, so much information for what the customers are looking for, what the customers are thinking about, what they're talking about. And it, it's, it's been a, and it's, and it's a pleasure to just be there and see people enjoying, uh, Rod's beers and, and Miles' beers and Tim's food. And, you know, it's, 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 it's just, uh, really it, it brings it all to life i guess mm. yeah. that's awesome and from then that. that that's a fantastic anecdote dave and for, right from your side from the beer perspective at the time that's when uh the new england ipa was really was taking off in uh well everywhere but you know canada was a little late to the the game at that stage probably only been when you guys open maybe a year to 18 months tops of that style kind of being around in ontario mm. at least um, so what was that looking like? What were people wanting? Were they kind of like Dave was saying, were they weirded out by the styles and stuff? Like, uh, what did you open with? Yeah. I mean, we opened with, uh, with the Northeast IPA along with the bitter and a few, a few others. Like we had a Saison West coast, um, <clears throat> the American oat pale ale, which we still have as well. This, I don't think we had this stout oh. quite yet. Um, but uh, should we no, try? I, should we try the American Oak Pale Ale, Rod? While you're talking about this, sure. Yeah, you guys are great thinking. Dave. Ready for the next one? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I got it yeah. Right anyway, here. carry on. I'm just. <laughs> I love it. Dave, I need. Dave I need a refill. I need a refill. Oh yeah. Bitter was, uh, was fantastic. So I'm excited for this. Right on. Right on. So yeah. Um, so yeah, just, uh, honestly, like when we opened, I remember it. Like uh, we had a really good response from. Uh, the brewing community, you know, I met a lot of other brewers, a lot of other people that worked at other breweries, uh, people that worked at beer bars. Um, yeah, so, you know, it was really welcoming and, um, the beers were generally like quite well received, you know, um, good. I think, I think we did, you know, fairly well on our, uh, opening beers and we've, uh, since then kind of just really kind of nailed them down even more but uh i think out of uh what do we open with dave five six beers yeah <clears throat> i think yeah. at least four of them are still around so yeah. that's good yeah you're right you're right yeah, yeah. so the what were people asking mm-hmm. for anything or was there any sort of um education on that part particularly say with the new england because the beer nerds would know what that is but uh my yeah, guess was... would be the average person wouldn't really i mean Honestly, like, uh, so yeah, coming from Vancouver over here, like the haze craze out there, like I was just kind of just getting into it. You know, I remember I was working at Steamworks and guys working with John, um, 
John Fallensby, uh, he was uh, kind of telling me he, he was he was out in Vermont and he's like, man, I had these beers. They had, almost felt like there was like hops floating in it. They're super hazy. And I was like, what? That's crazy. So, um, you know, like fast forward a year or so, I was working at R&B and I'm like, we're going to try We're going to try these haze beers. And like, I remember we were using all, all kinds of yeast. We were using Vermont for a while and uh, we couldn't really get the haze to be stable. Sometimes it was hazy. Sometimes it wasn't. Sometimes it would drop out after a week or two in package. I remember adding like flour to the beer. We added apple, uh, apple puree to get some pectin in there. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I had a couple decent versions out there. And then when I got to Ottawa, I remember being like, I really want to nail this for, for opening. Um, and, uh, I was lucky to get, uh, start using uh, escarpment labs for their for for yeast and uh, use their foggy London, just like a variation of London London L three. Um, it's a pretty common yeah. one in Ontario. Yeah. yeah, and just using that that uh, that yeast with you know a little bit of oats, a little bit of wheat, um, just kind of it all kind of came together. You know, like I I uh, didn't necessarily have that recipe nailed down until. Kind of the first brew in Ottawa here at, at Flora Hall. I was like, okay, this is this is how we do it. Um, so yeah, that was, I mean, a, it, that was a beauty when it rolled out. I mean, that that was uh, so fresh, so so juicy, so amazing. Yeah, cheers. And it hasn't really changed much since. Um, oh, this is delicious. Yeah, yeah. So Very this drinkable. one. Uh, oh yes, that buddy. So this was one of the ones like you were saying was around at the this is one of the originals yeah and was it like this in 2017 similar uh it's a little different now we've kind of like uh, uh so we changed the hops a little bit okay. um what other hops in this one by the way yeah so we got citra mosaic cashmere and galaxy mm. so okay. it used to be citra mosaic um cashmere and cascade Okay. Um, we kind of just switched the cascade out for Galaxy to give it a little more more punch. Yeah. Okay. Mm. I um, love I love this, this beer too. Oh, this is yeah. like a you know very crushable five percent. It's got that beautiful you know citrus grapefruit aroma. Uh, again, it's 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 balanced. It's amazing, and you know <clears throat> Rod's you know Rod's describing the Northeast that he brewed, which we'll try I guess in, in a bit. Uh, people would come in again in the early days of, of uh, Flora and breweries in general in Ottawa and say, oh, you know, I, don't, I don't like, I don't like hoppy beers. I don't like hoppy beers. And we would say, well, okay, well, fine. We'll start you with this. We'll start you with that. But eventually, you know, they would leave having had the Northeast and, and they were, they were blown away. I'd, I'd say, well, this is, this, this beer is packed with hops. I can assure you. Yeah. It. So you now know that you do like copy beers. You just like copy beers that are balanced, that are, you know, that yeah. are flavorful. Yeah. When they, know, yeah. And, when, and, when they're coming in saying they don't like hoppy beers, but they they're like, they're thinking they don't like the, uh, like, like, like the 25th, uh, like the 2015 tongue scraper mm. West coast style. Right. <laughs> yeah. They don't want to burn the back of their throat. They don't, you know, and so forth. But these, 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 beers the and this one I, I consider this to be a hoppy beer rod can correct me if i'm wrong mm. but i mean this is like packed with hops, the yeah. fla 
very hop forward and but it's so balanced and so drinkable i drink this one almost as much as the as the uh as the bitter it's just so good especially in the one thing one thing that i've always loved about like about this one as a pale ale is that like is the body is really like is really soft and uh like and just kind of um uh, like very like it's got an it's got a nice medium body a little bit more heft to it than it like than a typical apa uh where like which i really appreciate about it is that the oats rod in there is that what's causing yeah it's, that it's, body yeah yeah it's got a decent amount of oats uh, a little bit of wheat in there as well um and yeah again we're we're like really kind of pushing our mash temps on some of our beers now the ones that we want to kind of keep our body on and, and maybe bring it down our kettle hops a little bit so um trying to balance it out without being like cloying or sweet uh, we still want it to be like really drinkable i think that's kind of like one of the keys for us being in a kind of almost a brew pub setting is you know like it's not just about the first couple sips it's like how does it finish and like when you're done taking a sip like are you going to want another one and when you're done your beer are you going to want another one you know so um just finding that balance of like yes having a lot of body but not like being overly sweet and like you know almost you don't want to have you finish your beer and be like uh you know i'm tired from drinking that beer because it's like it was like work to get through you know it had great flavors like i really loved it but like it's just it's got the balance where it's got you know that that body like you're, you're saying but it's not uh it's not overly sweet or or anything like that so it's kind definitely of not this guy, yeah. i feel like this is this is so mu- i love this so much i feel like every everything you've all said is exactly right i feel like this is like particularly after the last three years of maybe particularly in the in, the, in 2020 people went a little hard with the regularity <laughs> of drinking and the uh you know crushing double ipas on a tuesday like it's nothing and i feel like this <laughs> is much more which it can be nothing i guess but you know yeah, yeah um yeah. i i i f- personally find myself reaching for like the 6.5 percent ipa or like a nice five percent pale ale and this to me is exact this is exactly what like the the yeah. the, the benchmark of what it should be like yeah. everything you both described it out it's like i just did a nice little hot burp and i've got the coming through my nose like super <laughs> aromatic it's juicy citrusy I'm like I'm even getting mango and pineapple. The body is insane. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is fantastic. And the other thing I think this is very commendable. This was canned uh, a month to the day today, and sometimes okay. these beers, you know, don't uh, hold up so well. I would never have got this to me. I thought it would have been canned in the last week. This is super fresh. Um, this is fantastic, guys. Extremely oh, impressed good. with this. No wonder it stuck around. Yeah. Thanks so yeah, much. Yeah, it's a beaut. Definitely. Um, Glorious. I want to uh, come come back to uh, like come back to the Ottawa scene and just uh, like and just kind <clears throat> of uh, where, like where you guys fit into that in uh, like just in terms of who's coming through your door because um, as I I consider myself a fair, like a fairly regular there and uh, like with the people that I've come there with and uh, like and just kind of observing um, the crowd in there it's a pretty eclectic uh like crowd that ends up like that ends up filling the hall um yeah. at an at, at any given time um 
I have some thoughts on the consumer side as to what might, like might attribute to that, but uh, like, but I'm curious to like to hear what like what you guys make of that and kind of what uh, like what brings that crowd through your doors. Well, certainly the vision uh, when we opened the place, when we opened that spot in Centertown, it was uh, my absolute uh, dream that we would be full of the demographic of Centertown, the demographic of the city of Ottawa, you know, the cross section of Ottawa, not uh, one particular demographic over another. And and I, I've said this and I don't want to disrespect any uh, uh, hipsters, but I just said, if we're full, if, if I open the doors and all I see is one <laughs> type of person, then I'm going to close the doors the next day and restart because I failed. And we didn't right from the get go. We had, you know, People from all different walks of life, all different creed, all different colors, all different genders, all different, you know, everything, everything and, and anybody who lives in the vicinity and who lives in the broader neighborhood. And we, and that's what we're trying to provide. We're trying to provide a community hub, a gathering place, something that is welcoming to locals, but equally welcoming to people who are wandering through Ottawa for whatever reason. Um, and... You know, we want to make sure that when anybody walks through those doors, they feel like, you know, this is this is a this is a place I can come back to. This is a place I want to come back to, whether I live here or not. Um, and uh, I think we've I think we've achieved that. And I think it's it's all about it's about the beer. The beer is absolutely fundamental. If the beer was no good, they're coming in once or twice and they're not coming back. Let's agree. Uh, the service absolutely. has to be there. The, the the food food is an important ingredient for us at Flora Hall. It always has been. Um, we again try and provide food that changes with Rod's beers. Uh, now it's Rod and Miles. Originally it was Rod and Carly. It's Rod Rod and Rod and Co. Um, you know, he they change their beers all the time, and I love that. And similarly, the kitchen changes their menu all the time, and I love that. And they're they're in lockstep. In fact, I came uh, from Flora uh, to, to the podcast here tonight, and I, you know, uh, Rod and Miles are about to release this uh, strawberry rhubarb goza, which we often do in the spring. Not every spring, but this spring we're having it. It's coming out tomorrow, I think. Rod is it on tap? That's right. And, it's happening. And our, can. you know, and our. Already the kitchen is, you know, the kitchen is, you know, oh, Dave, try this dish. I want to, I want to, you know, I want to introduce this dish tomorrow night that pairs with this, with this new beer. And that's, and I love that. Oh, I love it's, that. It's, you know, the front of house doesn't always love the fact that these dishes appear out of nowhere, but, but I love it. And, you know, and, and it, it just works and it, 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 it dovetails with the creativity that's coming out of the, out of the brewery. And, uh, so anyway, I, I guess I rambled over there from the original question, which is about demographic. But the, the whole idea here is to provide something which is ever changing mm. that satisfies people, whether they're coming every day or whether they're coming once a year. And that's, you know, that's where that's where uh, we're, we're, trying, we're trying to to play it. So that's dope. Oh, that's great. That's great. Yeah. Um you you definitely uh, like touched on uh, like something that's been like that's been my feeling there with it being a community hub um like when you guys opened i lived in centertown um, i like i 
I now like I'm I'm now just a little like just a little bit south. I'm even closer to you now than I was when I like when I lived in Centertown. But uh, okay, one of the but one of the things that um, that I thought like was interesting when you guys opened was you, you like you filled a bit of a hole in Centertown. Like there were. Um, uh, like you know, there there was a handful of restaurants on, like either on Elgin or uh, like or uh, like or Bank or, uh, or or whatnot that had uh, like that had great craft beer selections. But Centertown was certainly missing its own brew house. Um, yeah, and uh, like like and for a pretty for a pretty wide range, uh, in fact, like I think the uh, like the closest one to it might have been uh, like might have been Waller Street at the, the, the like at the time, and that's a like you know a pretty was a pretty small joint in the uh, like in the market now um, um, now gone. Um, but anyways, they, they, like that brought that to Centertown, which it de- like it didn't have anything like it before, and it definitely felt uh, and still continues to feel like a community hub because like, like you're saying, it feel, it feels like everybody goes there and I've got friends of mine who aren't beer drinkers who like, who like to meet up there. Um, right. And, uh, they, and you also, uh, they, it may, it may have touched on a couple of other points, but something else that I meant to bring up as well is the, like the culinary program is uh, like, is quite something there as well. Like, I love that the kitchen is uh, like, is making dishes that are pairing with new releases that are that, like, that are coming up. And we're, we've been hearing more and more of this with, um, with breweries that are kind of putting more thought into their culinary programs that uh, they like a little re- uh, like recently a couple of months ago we were talking to counterparts out in uh, like out in Niagara Falls and they see they like and they've got a very similar focus um, with their like with their restaurant and uh, like and kind of how the like and how the kitchen side of the house and the brewery side of the house work uh, um, work in tandem so Right. That's really right. cool. And, and uh, like from like from my perspective as a consumer, I think that definitely contributes to uh, like to the crowd that comes through the doors. Hmm. Yeah. 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 So people. Um, so basically, Nate, you think that people are, are rocking up for the food, even if they're not like the four of us, maybe, you know, be a focused people. They're going because they know the food's good. And the vibe definitely and, uh, and like and there's also something there for like something there for everyone beverage wise even if uh, like even if they're not beer drinkers because uh, am i correct that you guys always have at least one cider uh, like, oh, on yeah. Tap oh, in yeah, addition, yeah. Yeah. like in yeah. in addition to uh, like in addition to like the like the wine and cocktail options as well 100 percent. in fact we uh, right from the beginning, we agreed as a group, we're like, okay, obviously beer is what we love and beer is what we do. And we have, but the food was fundamental. That was part of my vision. The, and also welcoming other drinkers. So if you have a group of six and two of them are um, not beer drinkers, then they ain't staying very long. And I, I was on a few tours down in Toronto and I, I'm not going to name the breweries. They're wonderful breweries, but I remember being in these breweries with people who were not beer drinkers and I was I was dying to stay. I'm like, I want to stay. This is amazing. But you know, they we moved it. along. We moved yeah. along, right? And so this was before we opened Flora. And so that stuck with me. And 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 absolutely we've had uh I think from the beginning, no, not quite from the beginning, but very soon after we opened, 
I discovered Farmgate over at uh, at the Lansdowne uh, Farmers Market, and they're a wonderful cider maker from up in the Ottawa Valley. Uh, and uh, we were for the longest time their biggest customer. We still may be. I don't know. We move a lot of their cider. It, it, it's a beautiful product. It's it 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 totally fits our brand. It's you know they're craft cider makers. They're talented. We actually did a, uh, a staff event up there years ago to just uh, to go spend time with them and see how they make their cider and. And uh, we, we, our customers love that stuff. You know, if they're not in the mood for beer or if they're not beer drinkers or they're gluten-free or whatever it is, then they have something there. And we've got a great wine list. We've got a full cocktail a bar. Uh, I, I shouldn't say full cocktail bar. We've got a full bar, nice whiskey, and so forth. And it's, it's again, meant to just give people choices uh, mm. when they're at the hall because we want them to spend time at the hall. And eventually yeah, yeah. they'll all... Hey, let's 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 face it. Eventually, they'll all turn into beer drinkers and drink uh, Ron's beer. But we got it. We got to get them in it before we can get them over to drink. Get them converted. We converted. We often have that laugh with, yes. with, with people. You know, yeah. <laughs> well, I remember uh, one of your friends, Dave, who uh, would only drink Bud Light for you know the first six months that he he yeah. came. And, yeah. Yep. you'd hide a few cans in the cooler there yeah and then uh <laughs> after a while <laughs> just try this let's try this just and, uh, yeah is yeah. he converted yeah. i remember yeah he, he's converted now yeah. oh my gosh yeah he he lives he's got bitter in his veins now <laughs> that's a beautiful story I, I love that though i think that's the coolest shit ever i just got back from five weeks in the states we were in miami for a month and then traveling each each way and the one takeaway i got was that almost every brewery had insane amounts of options for other that weren't beer and it seemed extremely deliberate and i found that it wasn't super common here like they a lot of them had like draft cocktails and draft wine and all sorts of stuff that made the non-beer drinkers not feel like they're annoying the bartender oh, i gotta go and find that bottle of whiskey we keep around or whatever like it's so it's really cool that you guys are making it abundantly clear like hey everyone's welcome we make beer you probably should try but if you you know it's not your vibe we've got all of this for you and it's uh i think that's important exactly what you're saying uh you guys are saying that you bring them in even if it's just just for feeling welcome whether it's for the fruit or from these other options and then hopefully they enjoy the vibe so much that they keep coming back and like, ah, oh, I should try their damn beer. I've been here seven times. I should, you know, type of thing. And eventually you move from, uh, you get them right into it. I think that's really important though. I think the gateway type of situations in craft beer, uh, we say this on here a lot. Like I just think they're extraordinarily underrated as to how important they are to the future of the growth of the industry. Really. If we're not yeah, converting people, no, what's the point? Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, uh, you know, we've, we've also, you know, seeing people who, you know, come in and drink wine, they don't say, oh, I don't like beer. I've tried, tried it a bunch of times. Don't like it. Don't like it. Don't like it. And then they'll try like, um, like a Goza or something like that. And they'll just be like, Oh, well, this doesn't taste like, I didn't know beer could taste like, this. Oh, I yeah. didn't know. Yeah, exactly. And now you know, they, they still drink wine, but they'll, they'll, they'll drink a few beers every once in a while. So, um, yeah, I think it's important having, um, beers that are, I guess, approachable, but I don't really like that word. I just like, you know, balance. Cause like, I love those beers too. I drink beer a lot. I love beers that are just good, good balance, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, I like drinking a lot of beer, so I don't want to drink a beer that's <laughs> hard to drink. 
Well, I want to and again, drink a beer I, that I, I want another one of. Totally, yeah, yeah. totally. And you're that's a hallmark of, and I think it's just, I, I would, I would actually recast it. Rod can't say it this way, but I would recast it as talent. The, the balance is the talent. It's this, it's the art, it's the skill. It's the, it's the, it's, that's true. it's the craft because uh, when people come in again on these tours and we, you know, and that's when you really get a window because then you're getting people who are like, Oh, I'm not sure about any of this. You know, they got dragged onto these tours and you start dishing out these beers and they're just like, what the hell? Like they're trying, they're amazing and delicious. Da, 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 da. And I often use the analogy with, because most of the people who come in have cooked something. They've, they've created a dish in their, in their kitchen. And, and that's the analogy I use. I said, spices in the wrong hands ruin a dish and hops in the wrong hands ruin a beer. I mean, you, you have, to, have to be just, you know, it, it's put in the right proportion, put it the right, in the right time, uh, you know, balanced against other ingredients in that beer in order to produce this delicious thing that you're putting that you're that you're putting in your mouth and mm. and that and they, they can relate to that even if they've only cooked a couple of things like you know you make a chili and you throw too much cumin in there it's not gonna be very good too much chili it's not gonna be very good too much of this it's not gonna be very good but when you get it all right it's like wow <laughs> that's amazing that's, money. And, that's, uh, a, that's a great yeah. relatable anecdote for people though i guess because I, I imagine a lot of people coming through in that sense maybe wouldn't be super familiar with beer or how <laughs> complex it can be or, or the depth of it actually of how you know like oh i didn't really like you know mention the goza like people probably didn't realize that that's what it no. is or they see this little murky glorious thing here and they go what the hell is that like that's beer mate like you know people didn't even know <laughs> um i was gonna ask him which do you guys have any since you are so focused on this um you know conversion i guess would might be a good way to say it but was there any specific beers that you guys have noticed that continually uh, convert people. So the ghost well, is obviously for like the white wine drinkers and stuff, and any type of sours. That's something I've noticed in the. Bar. I just think with I, I just think in general the the wine drinkers are coming and they're still coming. They're still rolling in as new beer drinkers because okay. they're just because of the the you know the complexity of the flavor profiles that are available and the. And just all of this, all this information, because wine drinkers often like to have more information. Traditional old school beer drinkers are like, eh, I just want a beer. <laughs> you know, that's tell changing. Me about it. <laughs> uh, but yeah. certainly wine drinkers continued to to roll in and convert. Um, you know, we, we but Rod, maybe you can you have something more to say. But I just you know, I, I just find that we are bringing people in to. Uh, beer by just allowing them to try different beers in small quantities and all of a sudden they're like yeah i didn't know i, I didn't know how much I, I would enjoy this you know mm. rod's been brewing a lot of pilsners lately so pilsners are useful i think to bring people into craft because they are at least familiar with the term and they're you know okay i drink log i drink this i drink a lager and then they'll try a pilsner that's again properly crafted like we have a german pilsner right now which is beautiful and drinkable 4.8 i don't think we unfortunately i don't think we have it in our box here because we ran it we sold out of it we got a bohemian pilsner um you know those are also 
spears that bring people into craft and then they're like wow this is way better than any pilsner i've ever had mm. so let me try this now and then they'll try you know they'll try the the american oak pale ale that we're drinking right now and they're like okay wow i never thought i would want something that looked like that because they like <laughs> they like they like a crispy clear pilsner but then they try that and they're like wow okay and then off they go so rod i'll let you uh, pitch in as well there yeah, I mean, I guess uh, one one beer that uh, you know it's been keep going back to the northeast. I guess you know a lot of people would say like I don't really like IPAs, like I don't like hoppy beers or something. Mm. Like uh, Dave was saying before, but um, you know, you definitely any given night you look around and you know a lot of people are drinking the northeast IPA, um, and a lot of people are just kind of probably less surprised by it now, but like you know straight off the bat. You know, people are like, I don't like those hoppy beers. I don't like those bitter beers. We'll try this. You know, it's like, oh, it's a, you know, it's got, it's like a tropical, it's a tropical beer. You know, it doesn't, uh, doesn't taste bitter. It's got a lot of, a lot of flavor. So I think like that has kind of really, you know, been like an eye opener for a lot of people, uh, over the years at Flora Hall, um, to what craft beer kind of can be, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be like this, um, you know, IPA isn't necessarily like just the super bitter um, kind of IPA that you would um, necessarily think of. Um, so, you know, that's one that comes to mind. Um, anytime we do kind of like a fruited sour or something like that, you know, like I think just seeing that nice bright color come to the table, like it's, you know, something that someone would be like, oh, well, what's that? I'll yeah, try yeah. that one. You know, yeah, just like the appearance of that. It looks, it looks refreshing and then you get, yeah, exactly. So that's another one for sure. Like those, um, those, those fruited sours or any kind of, anything that has this like a really nice bright color, um, just catches people eye, people's eye and people's curiosity. Hmm. A couple um, of the uh, sorbet sours that you that, like that you guys do might, like, like must do yeah. that because that, like, like some of those are like really really vibrant eye catching colors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's dope. Yeah, those are are nice to just like like you said catches people's eye and then like it's just infectious, right? It's like yeah, it's kind of like a Caesar, you know, like you're at on a, at brunch and you see someone else yeah, get a see, Caesar. You see like, one, oh, yeah. you see one, you're having one. Yeah, I'm getting one of those. Yeah, <laughs> it's very true. Very yeah. true. But I also want to call out, and as we're talking about all these uh, hazies and fruit sours and such, we have, I think, the best West Coast IPA in, in the city and probably in the province and maybe even further beyond because, you know, and I, maybe Rod, you can speak to it. I don't know if you were brewing it out there, but that, that's that's the story I tell. I said, well, I brought the brewer from the West Coast and that's why this thing is killer, <laughs> yeah. right? And yeah. it is killer. It's a, it's a beautiful beer and it's, it's, as a contrast to the to the sort of citrusy hazy stuff you get this clear beautiful you know amber colored or not even you know light amber colored beer with a piney resiny kind of nose and wonderful thing and i think that beer style is less uh trendy but it, it is it's been around forever i mean it's it's like those are the beers that if we you know, and, yeah. and uh, beautiful, beautiful beer. And so we get people who are moving along and then they'll try the West Coast and then they're hooked. They are absolutely like, that's all I'm drinking. I don't want anything else. I want the West yeah, Coast. Definitely. That's it. That's all. And when it goes off, they're upset. 
and I <laughs> hear, but, but it doesn't go off very, it doesn't uh, go off top very often, but uh, it, it's so interesting. The, the, the way that the palettes have evolved, you never would have expected it. If you're, if you if you were a Canadian sitting here in 19 sort of 70, I don't think you could have, like you could not have predicted how fast the palate would change. Like I grew up on Labatt's 50. I drank 50. Uh, I probably made up of more 50 than the bitter. I'm trying to catch the bitter up to make sure that <laughs> my life, my life will, uh, will uh, balance out a bit longer balance out. But <laughs> who would have, who would have thought, you know, when we were drinking, when I was drinking those beers that we'd have this sort of rich assortment of beers available to us now. And it's amazing. Mm. It's so, so good. So, so good. Yeah. What should we try next, Rod? Because I think we, you know, well, we're yeah, talking, I mean, but we're, we're talking, time. but we're not drinking. We're talking a lot. I mean, uh, I was going to say Northeast, but maybe the West. Coast. No. Uh, what do you guys yeah, probably. Well, even after, yeah, because after the American Ode, I think we should just because bring it, it up. up now, yeah, change it up. Or, no, or do a Pilsner yeah, or, West, North, or West Coast. West Coast, yeah. Let's go West Coast. Okay, Westy. let's go West Coast. You're okay. speaking to uh, Nate and I. This is, we're huge on West Coast. We did a whole episode just drinking we West are. Coast. Um, I gotta empty my glass. I'll be right back. Of course, of course. Yeah. <laughs> the, it's. Uh, I was really happy to hear you guys just mentioned this right now. I did see that in there. And I was uh, hoping that we would get to this one tonight. It's just something that. Um, exactly. It's like it's so interesting that the way the palettes have changed, and like even Nate and I, we did the episode on it earlier this year. I think it was or late last year, just because we were finding that we were reaching for west coast more than even new england's which is obviously mm. you know all of our it's all it's our shit it's what we yep. get down with but west coast were just like obviously what we all started with um and to come back to it right now that um that makes me very happy that uh, you guys are, are converting people with the west coast and and uh, making sure that people are wanting you know are getting mad if it's not on that's that's sick it makes me very happy Ooh. Yeah, no, it's give it. that give I that think... can a sniff. Yeah, okay, I want it. Sorry, Rod, go ahead. No, no worries. Yeah, I think uh, definitely see like just a you know a resurgence in West Coast or just I don't know. It's not like it went anywhere, but uh, I I agree with that word. You sure. know, it's it's kind of like people are kind of remembering it, bringing it back, right? Yeah. So um, so here for it. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And, and like the hazers are great they're you know they're they can be just the flavor profiles can be great but uh something about a west coast ipa is just like it's nostalgic clean, it's, it's crisp i don't know yeah. like it's uh, i don't know yeah it's that bitterness is yeah. it's almost like i always say to people that like i got into craft i moved to Canada. i'm from australia i got in i moved to canada in 2010 i got into craft beer in a deeper way in uh January 2011, the selfie thing started then. And that was back when West Coast, that was everything, like Nate mentioned before, the tongue-stripping palate wrecker, you know, all that type of stuff. And back then, when you got into beer, you went through the rainbow wheel of, you know, a blonde, an amber, a nut brown, a porter, a stout, an IPA, Belgian stuff, sours, and blah, blah, blah. You did all of that. And then all of a sudden, around 2016-ish, the hype stuff comes in. So there's a lot of new drinkers who don't even know what the fuck this is. Like they've been drinking haze and smoothies and pastry stouts and that's kind of it. And they don't even know. 
And it's fascinating to me that West Coast have come back in this way. And I kind of love it. It's almost like West Coast is the cool underground beer when it was the, you know, it was what haze is right now. Like people kind of, some people don't know or kind of forgotten. And, you know, we drown in a sea of haze, which I'm cool with. But I don't know. It makes you appreciate it when there's so much of the haze around which is glorious but then when you do have it now i feel like the west having a great west coast means even more than perhaps it used to because of the lack of you know bombardment with these things it's amazing yeah that's very true think, they're, they're, yeah oh sorry dave no no please go ahead go ahead no you you all i was gonna say is that uh, be like because um because there's not the same bombardment of them as there, like as there is with hazies, um, where they, like where C was saying that we both found that um, that like West Coast or like are the thing that we tend to be reaching for more. Because there's not the same bombardment when like when we have like West Coast, they're all like they're almost on average more reliable than uh, like than a lot of hazies can be. I like that. Like it's. They, they, like, I, I why? really think they are. Why do you think that? Well, I mean, to, like to a certain degree, it's because no one's brewing a West Coast because they feel like they have to. Uh, like, whereas that certainly is the too. case with a, like like with a lot of hazies, um, and like and there's also no like there's also no breweries that are brewing ninety five percent west coast ipas whereas there are some breweries that brew 95 percent like 95 percent new england's great so i think like i think just like so i think just when like when you choose to brew a west coast like it's like it's because you're like just on average i would say like like there are bad west coasts out there but uh, like but on average if you're choosing to brew a west coast like there's something deliberate about it there so i think that has to contribute to them being on average more reliable like more reliable i love that yeah we we've had this beer again this is a flagship beer we've had this since the get-go and it's a beer that i totally uh, attach myself to probably before even the northeast because it's i like the i like the bitter i like the malt i like the malt four beers this beer just appealed to me and i love it and i've always loved it um, we have another one in the uh, in the cooler here, which is a collaboration uh, beer that we did with a brewery up in the valley that we can talk about later. But the the you know this West Coast Rod, you, you can tell me the history of it or where you did you have a West Coast in R and B? I can't remember. Like I can't remember if I tried this out of your suitcase. Like that day is still uh, yeah. Early. I mean, I, honestly, this is like kind of like a it was old, a. <laughs> This is one of my like homebrew recipes from back in the day before I okay. got so into it. I mean, just because uh, mm. I mean, we were like talking to my brewer friend before I was in the industry. It's like, what what kind of hops should I use? He's just ah, oh, just use a scam, mate. It's like, what scam? He's like, Simcoe Citra Amarillo Mosaic scam. <laughs> Can't go wrong. So that's what's in it. Yeah, just like yeah, right. Gonna make a West <laughs> Coast. Make like it's just yeah it's just pilsner malt with like a tiny bit of caramel malt just to get a little color, and those four hops and uh, heavy on mosaic you know layering the mosaic in there at like different times. So. 
I think we've got a, I've got a 20 minute edition, 15 minute edition, 10 minute edition, five minute edition. And then whirlpool is all four of those hops and then dry hop with all four of those hops. Um, so yeah, just, uh, it's like a recipe that hasn't, I mean, it's changed a little bit here and there, but, uh, yeah, it's a old, you know, just tried and true. Like, you know, when I was getting into IPA, this is kind of what I was, what I was starting to, what I was into at first, I guess. Yeah. No, this is, this is, um, phenomenal. I also, I love that. It's like, it's not too intense. It's like, and I feel like, yeah. I don't know if you guys would agree with this. I feel like this is the modern West coast IPA. There was the yeah. 20, yeah. 14 13 palette wrecker like i you know ramp up the ibus yeah. literally borderline undrinkable but you're doing it because yeah. it's all about the extreme <laughs> but now it's like this tr like you know the the simcoe probably is giving most of the um the sort of dankness in this but the it's so juicy and tropical whilst being malty and biscuity piney and resinous but balanced like you came back to what you're saying before right with yeah. um, balance yeah. in this yeah. beer yeah. um it's extraordinarily drinkable, and I was a little surprised to hear that you were saying that people, like uh, Dave, you were saying people, you were converting people with a West Coast IPA, which is damn near unheard of. But yeah. now, I get it. I can see why. It's it's the most. It's it's definitely one of the most approachable West Coast I've had in some time. Yeah, it's 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 delicious, and I, I think people who again who are not into the. Uh, in, in, into the haze haze stuff they're not into the citrus stuff there is citrus in there for sure on the nose you get something there mm -hmm. but they're they're more attracted to that sort of other other side of the flavor spectrum you know the the maltiness and the and the resin and the pine and they and they just that's it that's what they want and they're there's yeah. a bit of there's a bit of religion almost and i don't think it's appearance like i think my my old dad, you know, who's now like I say, ninety one. He looks, he holds the beer up before he looks at, it, before he drinks it. So he, the haze will never appeal. He can't do it. It has right. to be clear. It has to be clear. Um, I don't think that's affecting the uh, West Coast drinker as much, but it's just it, there's something about it, and they they latch onto it, and that's what they want. And mm. and I can, I have friends who will who will email me like oh, I'm coming in Friday night is. Do you have any do you have any west coasting cans right now we almost always have it on tap again it's been a reliable uh, 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 flagship beer for us but we don't always have it in cans because we don't can that much beer for we can you know as, as we go we can a certain amount but uh, they they're they're addicted to this stuff it's mm -hmm. an amazing another it's another hit from this guy right it's Rogers smacking it out the park <laughs> the, love to hear that so the trajectory on this which i'd be curious so when you opened this excuse my uh forgetfulness did you say that you opened with this one yeah yeah this we did yeah okay yep. so from open to now what what's this beer kind of look like as far as i guess just more like popularity is probably my question like did it like you know you opened in 2017 arguably at the peak of the haze craze or close to um and then you know going through these like times like what what's it look like did west coast was it killing it for a bit then it kind of went flat but it had its fans and then now it's coming back like what's the general vibe here i'm curious i mean i i'd say it's like 
been pretty solid for us uh, off the bat. Um, you know, I think when we were when I was first brewing this beer at Flora, it was probably like more dry, more bitter. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, but we also had a lot of drinkers that were like, I like IPAs, you know, and, and like to them, it was like, you know, like, um, like this is an IPA stuff, yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. like I yeah. want that bitter, bitter bitterness. Um, and then, you know, over the years, we've kind of, <clears throat> I wouldn't say we haven't backed off the hops, but we've kind of just, you know, made it a little more balanced, try to get a little more body in there, a little bit of malt flavor to like play with the bitterness. Um, so it's, it's always kind of been, you know, like a, what, like a three or third or fourth kind of bestseller, you know, it's always kind of been in there. Like sitting, um, sitting nice. Okay. Yeah. 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 So That's good. You know, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's been, it's been, it's been good. Yeah. Good for us over yeah. the years. And, and, and it's, it's so hard. Like when those questions come in, it's so hard for anybody to answer because we went through those, we had two years of nonsense, uh, data which nobody will ever want to, to analyze i don't even want to look There's no at point it. i don't even care yeah. about it it yeah, just happened and it's gone but now we're back into it but i think you know if we were a traditional old school brewery and we had like these are our five beers and this is what we have i'm sure this one would 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 be surging you know what i mean mm-hmm. like it's it's a beer that people would always be going to it would be increasingly going to but Rod, we've been open for uh, coming up on six years, I guess, in October. And Rod, Rod and his, his crew, they, they create new beer after new beer after new beer. So these flagship beers don't get it. They don't even like the fact that they're still surviving is a testament to how good they are because everybody loves new. Mm. But these beers still sell big time because they people come in and they'll try new, but then they want to go back to their to their home. And you know, you you brewed Rod, and I want to know. Tell me it's not a hundred yet, because when it's a hundred, I want to at least celebrate it on uh, on, uh, in, on on social. So what, we're gonna have to back. We're gonna have to backdate it. We're gonna have to do some illegal uh, machinery to, 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 yeah. because we haven't credited it's up there. We, it's up there. We brewed towards a hundred different different recipes in in our six years and and uh they're all amazing and it's it's i'm so pleased you know with with it but this west coast and the flagship beers that we've that we've tried so far so far we've only tried flagship beers which is bitter oat and this one Mm. they're just there they're just they're always there to go home to you know and that's what we that's what that's what flora hall is all about just go home to the hall man and just have a have a beer Try something new, but this will always be there. I love that. Um, I love that you even pointed that out. And I know we've been talking about it, but I didn't realize that we had three of the flagships. This is a pretty exceptional lineup of flagships, guys. Like, I feel like flagships have have something that, I don't know, Nate, like, I feel like it's come up a lot more on the pod. And it's something that, like, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but. I've found that maybe I'm more interested sometimes now before I'm like, I feel like because we do this podcast and the social and blah, 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 like it's sort of maybe our responsibility to try more beers and to keep showcasing new stuff all the time. Hey, these guys are doing this and blah, blah, blah. But then there's there's something kind of just, I don't know, comfort, comforting and just to, to be like, yo, like I can get this beer yes. year round and this bitter is fire and it makes me happy yeah. and I'm going to rock this beer. 
and you know something like this west coast that's what nate and i i think were attracted uh to as far as like hey you know what you know if if there's more there isn't that many west coasts there really isn't in comparison to other styles so yeah, yeah. when you, excuse me when you find one that you love <clears throat> you want to be able to continue to come back to that and maybe it took those last three years to to see that oh sometimes you want that that old you know old reliable guy right there that you can always just come and come and hit so the the volume of um uh, flagships you guys have how many so there's a three was it i know you said you i think you said you opened with five beers but like how many flagships would you say you have yeah we've got uh so we've, we've got 10 taps at the at the brewery um about five of them are kind of ones that are there all the time or okay. semi all the time so yeah i mean flagships i guess five or six we've got but they kind of um, rotate a bit yeah there's sometimes like uh usually there'll be like one of them that's off tap just for a little while, while i like that that's so, smart scarcity you got to keep them wanting yeah, you know? so we've got, oh yeah oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's Dave, you know what but it's about. also like yeah it, it honestly it's it for me it's like it's freshness so like i don't want to be yeah. brewing another beer and packaging another beer where there's there's still beer from the last batch there. Um, gotcha. A, I don't want to have to lift the kegs to rotate them, but <laughs> it's more That's annoying. Uh, but I also like I, you know, it's uh, freshness, freshness is, is key. Uh, so key, and like we have oh, the, um, we're lucky to be able to control that really well with uh, having a, you know, a, a really local footprint. Um, mm, yes, and yes. you know, we're not we're not beholden to you know uh any we've got some licensees we want to we make sure we keep them happy so we like we've got you know we've always got beer for them for what they need but uh we're not like beholden to like any big contracts where we have huge deliverables you know we can always work around it um you know so if there's if something's off tap for a little while that's fine Mm. um but yeah so 10 taps uh five of them are, are regulars or you know, core beers, uh, flagships, whatever you want to call them. And then uh, the other five are usually either one-offs or seasonal so, kind, of, kind of beers. So what, what would you call, what would you say our flagship beers are? Like we, we, cause it's hard. It's a hard question to answer. Like we have our bitter American yes, owned Northeast. Bitter. Doubt is bitter from the West coast. Yeah. yeah. Bitter Northeast, West coast, American oat, um, stout. Dry yeah. hop sour. Is that dry hop sour? Yeah. 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 Yeah, and then makes... one of the pills the pilsners are now becoming and a pilsner like, yeah probably and, uh, bohemians bohemians probably the most regular pilsner that we've got um okay. do the german a few times italian pilsner a few times um probably do the uh do the new zealand pilsner again pretty soon too so so yeah we kind of have one of those pilsners on at all times uh right now we've got like three pilsners on but <laughs> Um, Chris, yeah, awesome so day. maybe seven, seven, I don't know, seven flagships. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. We've only as got we, five as we get older and older, there's going to be more flagships. It makes sense. Yeah, the list has definitely grown. Um, yeah, because mm-hmm. like thinking back to the one, uh, like to the ones that have kind of lasted since opening. Um, I think w- the, like because the ones that have lasted since opening, I think would have been. The bitter, the oat pale, the northeast, the west coast. Um, uh, you guys, I, I, I remember yeah. you guys. It, yeah, 
yeah, yeah. And I remember you guys had the say uh, like the saison at the start, which uh, uh, like which not um, not really anymore, right? Yeah, we'll do. Uh, sometimes we'll do. Uh, yeah, we had the farmhouse saison uh, off the bat. Um, mm -hmm. It's not necessarily a regular for us anymore. When we do a saison, I like to kind of switch it up a bit. Um, sure, sure. I love saisons. They're not necessarily like in my wheelhouse of brewing. Um, I really love you know, Brett, Brett saisons and things like that, but uh, mm. we can't really necessarily have a regular Brett saison, unfortunately. I love um, that saison, though. I love that farmhouse saison. So good. Yeah, I, I love it too. I, a lot of it is like yeast management. Um, right. We're kind of rocking sure. three three strains right now with the um, the uh, Brian ninety seven, which is like a West Coast uh, West Coast ale yeast, the Foggy London W thirty four seventy for our loggers now, um, and you know yeast is super expensive right now, so we just don't we can't really do a, a saison enough to not have to bring in a fresh pitch every time right. uh, for that. That's not necessarily mm -hmm. the only reason. I mean, I, I love that, that beer and everything, but uh, like I said, it's, it's not necessarily my, my wheelhouse, I guess. And I, I've, you know, I have saisons from other breweries. And I'm like, God, man, they're doing it better than me. So <laughs> okay. I'll let them do okay. it. And See, I'm learning. I'm I, learning I, love, I love it. Don't I get me wrong. This. I, I, I didn't know like this. Them, but, uh, I'm, I'm good with that, Rod. I'm totally good I haven't, with that. Uh, I, I mean, I haven't, uh, <laughs> You're getting, know, you're getting revelation live. on, on, on the <laughs> podcast here. Look at that. Yeah, and I haven't come up with, a, I guess, a recipe that I'm like, man, this is it. I want to keep doing it yet. Right, right, right. I guess. What's uh, the market Sometimes, like, like, the Brett says, sounds uh, are like that. But uh, anyway, mm. sorry. No, 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 dude, you're good. I mean, coming from Quebec, um, and obviously you guys are in Ottawa and stuff, like, you know, saisons were pretty popular out there. And I always felt like in Ontario, they weren't as common and now that i live here i'm like i'm not seeing yeah, as see many what's the general demand i imagine it's just sort of like a very kind of niche market who just like really wants a saison type of thing yeah i mean i don't necessarily we don't see a ton of demand maybe dave you see it but uh i don't see a ton of demand for for saisons um when i lived at west it was there was like I think they were more popular in terms of what I was seeing, right. where I was brewing. Um, we kind of had more demand for it and definitely in Quebec, a lot more demand for it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, for whatever reason in, uh, in Ontario here in Ottawa, at least less demand. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that's, uh, yeah. if that's everywhere or if it's just, just our shop or whatever, but uh, let's say, I would in, say that there's, it's 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 a niche beer there's no question about that but it's it's a cult it's, it's again one of these cult kind of things is like that's people it. who love that that's what they really want when we have it yeah. they're they're yeah. elated you know I couldn't agree more yeah 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 i i think i think that's very true and i think um i i, I think that's definitely true in ontario and uh, like i'm I like I'm kind of in the like in a in a soft enthusiasm for that like I'm not uh, like I'm not as into it or as knowledgeable as uh, like as some of our friends that uh, some of our friends that we know uh, like we're friends with um, uh, with Noah who does beerism in uh, like in Quebec and he uh, like and he's also got uh, the, the, like uh, like he knows the Ontario footprint as well and he knows Cezanne's way better than we do. Um, 
and could talk about them really, really at length. But um, like, but it really is a cult following, uh, like of people, uh, like of people like him. And the thing is, is that uh, like, like the demand might not be obvious or like or very widespread but they know where to go for it <laughs> and uh, like yeah, and yeah. The, like and the, you know the handful of places that do it really really well um you, you know that like, like they'll be going back to them over and over and over again it's yeah. it, like it's one of those right. things that i think doesn't need to necessarily have a widespread presence for like for the cult following because they like the people like the people who want it will go to the people who are passionate about making it <laughs> But Rod, Rod is modest, and I think our saison. Honestly, I think our saison was amazing, and I think that he, he brewed a farmhouse saison. He brewed a, a Belgian table beer. Like you brewed a lot of beers in that style, and you're very you're very capable. But oh, absolutely, you know, yeah. As, yeah, I, yeah. As, I, as I say to people when when they're in the tap room, and they ask me about you know when's when's the okay, and I hate to even say this in public, but when's the mango lassi IPA coming back, or when's this coming back, or when? When's, <laughs> what, and I'm, I'm like, listen, my, my, I have, I have the beautiful out. It's like, I don't tell Rod what to brew. I don't tell Tim what to cook. And I said, that makes my life better and easier. And so, you know, I don't know when it's coming back, but it, when it does, it'll be great. It'll be amazing. <laughs> I love that. You know? I feel that Dave. You don't want all that responsibility on those shoulders. Well, I don't to be need fair, it. the mango, la the mango yeah. last is really, really good. <laughs> I mean, yeah, tell yeah. me about that. <laughs> tell me more about that one. That's uh, a. Oh no, concept. we don't even want to. Rod doesn't even want no, to. No, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, <laughs> if you're not comfortable, so, yeah. Rod, it's okay, my bro. I put you on the spot. <laughs> no, you can talk about it. Talk no, about no, it's good. It's just... uh, yeah, we've done it what like three, four times now. Yeah, uh, we do usually it around the fall. Once. We'll do it. We'll do it around the fall. Um, yeah, it's just it's been uh, like a popular, but uh, like it's like one of those beers that's. A pain Annoying. in the ass every time we brew sure. it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh I think we brew it different every single time because we're trying to uh minimize fix the, the problems headache. we've had. <laughs> but we Is that with the fruit? Dip. Yeah, it's it so it's like dry hopped and fruited and uh sometimes lactose as well. So you know the Team first time we brew it, um so you know add lactose in the in the kettle, then we'll uh what how did we do it the first time? We I think we dry hopped it and then we added fruit right after, or we added fruit and then dry hopped right after. Anyway, dry hopped and fruited around the same time, which I realized was a terrible idea because the uh, uh, basically like the hops did not drop out. So the bitterness on that just was through the roof, almost like undrinkable, right? So wow. We had uh, we packaged, we packaged some, a small amount of it we kind of gave it to some people we drank it ourselves and we realized no we cannot sell this so we pulled it we oh. end up blending it blending that batch down kind of brewing another batch blending it down adding more fruit kind of came up with something that was good it was super super popular second year we um said okay we're not gonna dry hop and add fruit at the same time we're gonna ferment the fruit separately different tank blend it that one actually worked fairly well i would say um, this past one we did we didn't have the extra tank to do a separate fermentation so said okay we're gonna dry up first we're gonna let that totally settle out get the hops off as as much as we can and then we're gonna fruit it 
Uh, we kind of had like the same issue we did the first time <laughs> to a lesser degree. Um, we ended up fixing it somehow. I can't even remember how we fixed it, but it, it, was, know, I, it I, ended up being I, good I'm as sure, well. I'm but sure every I time it's a, a bit of a pain. It's a bit, I'm sorry I even mentioned it. I shouldn't have mentioned it. Oh, no, it's good. It's good. I, I do like the challenge, and uh, it is it is something that like uh, people remember from, from back in the day. There's also a little tiny bit of uh, cardamom in there as well. It's just uh, – it does end up Keep being a great beer. But, uh, oh, it's an amazing beer. It's a beautiful beer. But, yeah, that first the first time you – yeah, as you described, the fruit and the hops – combining together in that suspension it's the first time i ever walked into the, the bar and saw rod and at that time his co-brewer was cardi who he, uh, also came from out west sitting there and they're looking they're, they're drinking their own beer they're like not looking entirely pleased with the whole situation <laughs> and i tried it i'm like no i agree i agree yeah yeah that one needs to, <laughs> needs to be that blended bit. down or, no, you yeah, know what? Like, like sto- stories like this are uh, stories like this are great because it's uh, you know, it's a reminder that, uh, that like that creation of the like of these things is not um, you know, there's a lot more that goes like that goes into it than like than what is like than what is oh, just yeah. the final yes. process. Like, there's a lot of trial and error that go like that goes into creating these products that are like that is often not seen by the people consuming them. Well, no, and that's that's also what impresses me and blows me away every time I try a new beer that they produce is that you've never made this before, and it is it is amazing. And and our customers feel that same way. They're like, and so when I tell them this is a hundred beers or a hundred, you know, 99 beer recipes. They're, they're blown away. He's never made it. Well, what's this beer? Oh, they've never made it before. Try it. And they're like, wow, never made it before. Never made it before. And I love that. And that's, that's why people, that, that's, I think, and Rod touched on it. We're small scale. Uh, therefore we can ensure freshness. Mm. The beers will be fresh because we, make them in small quantities we sell them through our tap room cans and a few licensees they're super fresh that's important to me that is craft beer mm-hmm. i have a, i struggle yeah. when it gets too big i struggle when it goes too too large because then you've, you know, are you eroding the principles um you mentioned nathan you know that there was nothing in center town now there is there's a few breweries around but breweries <clears throat> that are serving uh, a small footprint, they make sense to me. And we could, there's, there, you know, when, even when we were opening floor, people, you know, friends of mine were saying, are you sure? Like, aren't there too many already? And I'm like, no, there's not too many. There's not too many because we've all got to stay nice and small, stay nice and local, neighborhood, brewery. You get some overlap amongst the neighborhoods, of course, no problem. And uh, there's a room for there's room for ten more. There's room for twenty more, you know. And, and uh, you just got to stay at the right scale. If everybody's competing for shelf space in the LCBO, of course that's not going to work in the end. It's not right. going to work. But if you're, you know, staying local, serving your community with super fresh beer, delicious beer, it, there's room for tons more. And that's what that's what we that's what we should all want. You know? Definitely. Have I you guys? That ever had a beer in the lcbo or like even just one skew 
No. No, no we, we have no. no. I'm not going to say, like, of course, you know, experience tells me never say never. So, so I won't say never, but no, it's not really part of our picture right now. And, and I'm not sure if it will be. I would, I, I will say uh, that the model in, uh, in Quebec makes a lot more sense. The breweries can go direct to Depeneur. Uh, they can find those specialty Depeneurs who are really interested and focused on beer and who are who care about beer. And that works. Um, uh, LCBO, you know, uh, they don't have, they're not really that interested in craft beer. I mean, let's agree. Right. They're interested in distribution. They're interested in making, you know, in, in, in in, in various different things, but they don't really suit a small provider such as ours. They really gotcha. don't. I mean, yeah. we can yeah. sell through a few LCBOs here and there, but it's a terrible channel for a small scale producer. Right. And so if we want small scale producers, then we need a, we need a different channel. And uh, the LCBO, you know, uh, they would never admit that they're not that interested in craft beer, but they're not that interested in craft beer. Uh, that would be my thing. it seems yeah. it seems to really depend like to really depend on the store like some store the, the, like you might get yeah, very yeah. lucky in some like in some specific stores where you have a really motivated uh, like beer manager but like that seems to really absolutely be far between but, that, but there therein, li therein lies the point is like if yeah. they're exactly if, you, if it relies on an indu on the on the wants of an individual manager in a store in a in a government monopoly channel you you yeah. see the problem right yeah. it's a terrible absolutely channel. absolutely so, yeah. i agree and as when this happened uh i was in montreal still and i think the most underspoken about and the greatest thing that happened in the pandemic was that it allowed restaurants and and other establishments in ontario to become independent bottle shops i think that is the greatest shit of all time i i it's love great. it so it's great it's, it's so great, dope. but the economics but don't, the economics don't are still that. not very good. Okay. Yeah. Would it be yeah. okay, so on that point, and that's a, a very, very fair point, Dave, would you say that it it's an easier channel because there's no six to twelve month application process bullshit or whatever, but you could have a relationship with a couple of uh you know like in hamilton there's a bunch of great ones out here i know there's a bunch of great ones in toronto like i'm talking out of market for you guys and you could have yeah. a relationship with two stores in toronto for example and then you could just yeah. ship beer there every month or every two weeks or whatever it might be and just have a presence and while the economics aren't mind-blowing because they are still forced to purchase it off you from you at retail if i'm not mistaken yeah. they can mark yeah. it up a dollar or two which puts yeah. the onus on the consumer but um i don't know one bonus is that if i'm in toronto i don't have to drive to ottawa to get flora hall that's and that's 100%. worth no that's worth paying two yeah. bucks for from i have a yeah. one here called yeah. durand um uh it's a cafe it's one of my favorite cafes but it also has the in my opinion the best uh, beer fridge in ontario and I know he goes to a lot of places to get the beers every week is, you know, within like a, maybe an hour drive. So I know instead of having to order online and pay shipping or buy four packs where I can buy one, I'm more than happy to do that. Cause I want not only the breweries to stay in business, but I want him to stay in business because it allows no, very me that valid. Choice. Yeah. Very valid. Very valid. And absolutely. We have some examples up here in Ottawa too. Okay. There's a uh, lupulous, right? Ottawa Valley. Uh, what are they called? Ottawa Valley Roast? No. Yeah, like anyway, the coffee, coffee. Cup, Hell coffee, yeah. Coffee, coffee, coffee. Love it. Anyway, 
up in Empire and, and Renfrew, that's mm-hmm. exactly what they do see. They, they come into town, they go or into town and beyond, and they pick up and they stock their fridge with amazing stuff. Love and it. we're part of that. And yeah, that's absolutely. Perfect. That that model works. Um, and I think, but I think it, you're right. It's a backdoor kind of, uh, we've arrived here through, through uh, you know, the COVID rule changes. Why not just liberalize it? Why not just make it that way? Like, why not just allow us to, to go and sell, sell direct sale. to specialty yeah. uh, retail shops. Preach. And that way I th- the economics would change for them and for us where we yes. could really get into it. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of, I think it's a case in point. You're, you're exactly right. You're willing to pay a little bit more. Um, you're willing to, to frequent them, but they're, they're, <clears throat> that's the way the market should be in general. It shouldn't yeah. be a trick that, that mm-hmm. came as a result of, <laughs> a door opening during COVID. It should be like this. This makes sense. Why don't we allow it? So true. And some of the craft brewers in in Quebec have grown and scaled and prospered because of the the ability to channel through depeneurs who are focused and specialized and really interested in craft beer. Mm. Uh, Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, there's a couple that I can think of. Uh, Like, Le Castor and uh, and Lactan are two breweries uh, uh, well, I, uh, maybe it's slightly different, but it, like, but in any case, like there are breweries that don't really have um, any like any presence anywhere else except for in local shops. Like they just do a hundred percent distro. Mm. They don't really sell at like out of their own front door. Um, you know, they're not really in any bars and restaurants. Like they just rely almost on a hundred percent distro, like because the network allows for that. Mm, um, yeah, and right. like, like there can be enough of a profit margin in that, uh, like in that alone. And that, and like, and like, and I think to your point, Dave, that just doesn't exist in Ontario with this because it's a bit of a patchwork system that is just yeah. left over from 2020, 2021. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That's a good yeah. point. Yeah. It's just also ridiculous when you look at the, the liquor laws and, and all like, and, and unfortunately nowhere is perfect. Like I know even in the States where like every state is different, one thing that pissed me off about living in Montreal is that I couldn't get uh, whatever any brewery that's like you know far east in Quebec City whatever to ship to me because they're not allowed to do that. Yeah. But at least in Ontario, one thing that is great is the direct from the brewery ordering system. I love that. I think that is phenomenal. But even in the states, when I was in Florida for a month, I was like sick. I'm in the states for a long time. I could finally order, and I could find fuck all breweries that would ship to Florida. And I think it was like every single state has different rules about which breweries and which states can ship to that state. So I found okay. it just as ridiculous as a Canadian system. Like it wasn't yeah, any yeah. any better in my opinion, you know? Nowhere is perfect. Really nowhere, nowhere is, perfect. is perfect. And it's like everything's left over from the 20s. The law in Quebec yeah. was the 1928 law from the fucking depression, bro. Like, And they're still living off that. And it's so obscene yeah. that the poly, and like you you guys were just saying like that the fact that we had this little mini kind of quasi open window that we got from from 2020 2021 great that's it's cool it's it's progress but it's not enough and it's absurd and so many you think about how many, i heard a number i don't know if it was true but i heard 10,000 restaurants across canada close their doors in uh, during the you know those few years so like i, how, I would and, have no doubt 
And then that's just restaurants. What about all the other businesses? So why not? Doesn't that, I feel like this time should have put it in perspective that like, hey, everyone, like, you know what? We've got a lot of restrictions in, in place for businesses that stop them, particularly in alcohol uh, world. You know, we don't want this to go away. They're the fabric of our society. So why not just like get rid of them because they're from, I don't know, 100 years ago. So, you know, how about we just move on and they, they still didn't do it. And it's, I don't know. Yeah, it, it's it's disappointing. It's unfortunate, but I mean, you know, we it is. We, we we proceed. We move on. We do what we got to do. But hopefully, proceed. and then it actually it actually stimulates beer sales. The frustration you're expressing stimulates beer sales. Hey, that's a good point because like you know what, it's like the underground <laughs> yeah. economy almost. Like I'm gonna get this shit however I damn well can. Well, yeah. it's yeah. also just the frustration. You know, you need yeah. the beer. Yeah. So Rod, what should Definitely. we have for? I mean, I'm not sure if we're are we having our last one. We can so do we whatever you want to do. Yeah, this will probably this will probably be the one to bring it home. But yeah, let's. Uh, right. the, the, oh. What do you reckon? Doing, we, folks? Look, I mean, look. should we do? What do you What do you guys want? I mean, we got. Okay, okay. We're we're cool to leave it to you, man. It's your call. You guys all feel like? I know, I know. We've done all these um, core beers. Hmm. Okay, you know what? Let's do. Okay with you, you guys. You want to do the fooder pilsner? Let's do yeah. it. Let's fucking do yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. I like that. That's a yeah. little... That's a twist. A twist. Reversing the order. The beers. What doesn't give a fuck? He's like, we're gonna do what? How I do it, guys. <laughs> I like it. I kind of want to get you guys' opinion on. That. Well, yeah. crispies are uh, my personal favorite uh, style currently, so I'm extremely. I'm excited. Go on, Nick. Yeah, I'm. I'm excited. Yeah. For, I'm excited for this because because I've had the Bohemian Pills before. I know it's good. I've not had this one yet. And yeah, Fuda, so any is, uh... wood pilsners, wood crispies, are uh, something truly special. So uh, I'm ready. So I imagine you have a Fuda. We have three fooders. Um, we three. installed them. Oh yeah. wow! I gotta come visit again. So yeah, we installed those uh, November or late October, early November of uh, 2022. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is the Bohemian Pilsner, uh, aged for three months in the fooder. Okay. Uh, we have one of our fooders has a uh, like a chill plate, so we can keep it at uh, about five degrees Celsius. Okay. Um, so yeah, it picks up uh, a lot of the wood, uh, but it, yeah, it really changes the flavor um, from the, the straight Bohemian Pils. So I think you guys are also have a Bohemian Pilsner uh, there. Try it later. Just like the flavor profiles, quite different. Okay, um, I love this idea. Have you done more than just the pills in the food or at all? Yeah. Yeah, we've done. Um, first one we got out of there was uh, English Old Ale. Ooh. So we. Uh, I'm trying to. Yeah, I'm so trying to find a picture of the pills that. of the fooders so I can put them up on the screen here. Yeah. We oh, carry yeah. on, right, please. <laughs> yeah. So uh, did an English Old Ale. It was a seven and a half percent. I want to say. Um, really malty, oaky beer. Um. We've done a couple batches of the food or pills. Uh, we're about to release like a 
a Brett, uh, Brett Blonde, basically. It's a Belgian Blonde Ale uh, aged in fooder with uh, Brett C. Alrighty. But uh, yeah, still still relatively new new to us these these fooders. So, well, cheers, legends. Cheers. Cheers. Oh damn! So there's there's a little picture if I can. I don't know if I uh, closer to your uh, glorious head there, Dave. Yeah, put it right in front of your face, right, cl- Dave. Right, closer <laughs> to my head. Closer to my head. There, there you go. Yeah, that's a little. <laughs> It's a little I got three of them. After okay. A few, after a few yeah, pints, shoot. Who even knows yeah, where your head is? Sh- I never know. <laughs> they're on the back shelf at Flora. Oh, that's and we, uh, we originally had wine barrels up there. We engineered that shelf to accommodate a certain weight. And you know, the wine barrels that ran there, of course, we had a bunch of nice, beautiful barrel-aged sours uh, produced out of those. And then we're like, okay, those are done. And I said to Ron, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? We're going to refresh those barrels. And uh, he looked into this, looked into that, and came, we came up with the fooder idea. And then boom. Love it. Talked to the structural engineer to make sure that they're still going to uh, be supported by that very shelf that we designed. <laughs> and they are. But yeah, they, he's produced some beauties already. I mean, we're. Uh, how many beers so far? Like, really, three, three beers? Is it, really you had the just, English Old the, Ale. The three fruiter, soon to be Pilsner, four. and then you're about to put one in the you're about to put one in the in the bottle for aging, right? Yeah, it's already in the bottle. Um, it's just waiting for bottle conditioning and labels to show up. So yeah, that'll be the uh, Brett Blonde. A uh, Brett Blonde. How long yeah. was it lagged in the fudo? This one uh, about I'd say about three months. Wow, that's crazy. Um. I feel like this is not the most common uh, mm. thing with with, with, with crispies so in oak. <laughs> yeah, it's. I know I'm gonna have to try the original to get the context, but uh, mm. yeah, talk, talk yeah, through the. That? Sorry, Dave. Go on, brother. No, I was gonna say the crispiness. Yeah, the the, the crispiness is underneath. Like the the oak definitely is, and it, it's new oak, so. So it's kind of neutral. We're going to find out. Rod's going to find out, like, over time, like, how to, how much time do these beers need to spend in here? So this this beer came out. Was this the first one you produced out of, the, out of that particular? Well, out of that vessel, yes, right out of the chill plate the vessel. Uh, it's actually and, the second batch, second batch of food or pills. Yeah. This is fresh. This is, mm. like, 20 days ago from mm. today. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So nice. Anyway. So nice. I'm getting... Can you guys talk us through the tasty dose of this one? Because this is um, this is fascinating. Yeah, so you probably, like, what I get off this is, like, pear, green apple, green apple pear, um, initially. Um, I get a little bit of that kind of, like, vanilla-y oak flavor on the tail end. Mm-hmm. A little bit, a t- little tannic, maybe, mm. from the oak. <clears throat> Or like uh, like astringency, kind of lingering, lingering astringency after that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can still get a little bit of like the saws, hops, spiciness kind of coming through. Um, oh, it's saws, right? Yeah, saws. Yeah. So yeah, if you like the original or like the uh, I guess the base beer that went in there really has like a like a 
isoamylastate, like banana kind of characteristic to it. And I'm really finding like that kind of turns, almost turns into like acetaldehyde, like green apple kind of flavor. Mm. Um, really getting like um, just a, just a total transformation of flavors on, on this from the original beer. Um, I'm definitely getting some spices too, like maybe a little peppery or something. Yeah, there. yeah, mm. okay, yeah. And definitely. then and like a hint of floral kind of in the back end alongside that like vanilla mm. oak. Mm-hmm. This is fascinating. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, spicy. Yeah, that spiciness I think is what you're pulling off of the like the base bohemian pills, I would say. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Like the Saz is doing that. That would make sense. Should we, should we try the Bohemian just before we finish the this just just be, since we're here and then we go and then we then we call it a day? Like, should we just try it side by side because it is sure. you have it in your box. We could do it. Well I'm game. It. I'm, I'm game. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's, uh... The only glass I have less is an IPA glass, so I find that. Uh, wow. I think that's going to work well. Yeah. You know what? I actually really would like to try it side Good by idea. side. So. Yeah, yeah just 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 because. Yeah, let's fucking do it. I, I am. I'm actually. I'm actually. I'm actually learning a little bit as we talk because I knew. I knew. I didn't know that it was a full-on Bohemian going in, as you know, into the uh, into that process. But it, I love this beer, but it it, it bears a, it bears a relationship to the Bohemian. But man, they're so different. It's, you know? it's, it's quite different. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. like the. Even the appearance, right? It's, like, it's hard to see, I guess, there. But, uh, I'm going to grab a more appropriate glass. I'll be back in just a moment, but keep keep talking about it. I won't be long. Yeah. yeah. Have you had this one in the in the brewery, Nathan? The, uh, I the have, fooder, yes. Or is that um, the first time you in, tried it? Okay. No, no. Uh, no, I have had this one a couple times. In fact, the first time that I tried it, um, you probably remember this day back in, I think it must have been 2018, something like that, when we had that uh, yoga event at the brewery that uh, that Jen okay. did, and I, I like, and I, we did when we did the tour afterwards, we had a taste right out the uh, um, right out the tank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of the okay, of the Bohemian, yeah, yeah. Of the Bohemian, yes. Yeah. We got to do another event like that. I love when, uh, like, I love uh, beer and yoga. Yeah, we'll do events. that. And I think, I think that yeah. was, like, I think that was I the think, first I, one. Uh, I think, I think you're right. I think that that uh, yoga event was outstanding. <clears throat> and it really was. Of course, everybody got knocked off their game in those two forgotten years. And uh, yeah, we'll yeah. do that again. Right? Yeah, absolutely. I would love that. It, it, well, even actually, actually, I think, I think it's true that. I got knocked off my yoga game. I do my yoga at home. I didn't go out. You know, I, I kept my subscription up at Pure throughout that entire uh, two-year period just to support them. But Same. I just got into the habit of doing it somewhere else, right? as in my home. I haven't gone back. And it's not because I don't want to go back. I love going back. But I just got into a different habit. I should go back. Yep. I'm feeling no, good. no, and that I'm does like, and that does happen. 
<laughs> yeah, you should. Yeah, should absolutely go back. I've been. I like. I've been. <laughs> I've been going back less often than I used to, but that's more like. But that's more just because I have a one-year-old baby right now. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but I. Okay, like, but, we... but I'm still going. I'm still going back now a couple times a month. <laughs> and I, I, I would be. I, I meant to open this up at the beginning. I would be remiss without uh, mentioning that you you brought your one-year-old baby into the hall, and. And I, I, I said to Sarah Rod, I said, oh, just give uh, give Nathan this and this and this. Like give him a beer one time, one time, one beer, blah, 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 times, you know, two four packs. And by the time he left, he had a four pack of every of all eight beers. So, <laughs> plus, plus yeah, the yeah. stout. Plus she the thought beer. you said two four like, packs of each beer. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and I told that she was so she was like, Oh my I didn't mean to I didn't, I didn't understand. I said, Don't worry about it. I said, Yeah, the did beer you make will, it the beer did you make it well Nathan? Used. The, He's a beer expert. Well used. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I, I I I did some reorganizing of his uh, like of his stroller and I was able to get it all home. I, I, I was saying to Sarah, it's a, like it's a good thing I brought the stroller because I'm I'm only a ten minute walk from you guys, and I was initially thinking uh, like, like of bringing him in the carrier, and I'd have been in trouble if I like if I had to carry all that home by hand. It was a good thing I did bring him in the stroller. <laughs> you began all right, so that. now we have now we have them side by side. We have the uh, yes, Bruder Pilsner and the Bohemian side by side, so we can now get a little bit of uh, commentary about that, and then. Yes. So, did you guys sip it yet, or were you waiting for me? Oh yeah. No, we're waiting. Always waiting for you. We've been waiting for you. You guys are. Uh, <laughs> did I tell you you're beautiful humans? <laughs> all right. Let me get this photo, and then it's it's, it's going to be all all mouth. There we go. All right, legends. Cheers. Cheers. Uh, really nice uh, couple of hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Likewise. Oh, nice. Okay, I think I get it already. Um, no, this has yep. been a, a fantastic conversation, guys. I've very much enjoyed it. Um, okay, so the OG is exactly, you know, it's straight German. Mm. Uh, is this, this would be the Saz as well, I imagine? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Saz and uh, Wireman, um, yeah, Wireman, Bohemian, Pilsner, Malt. Okay. Saz W thirty four seventy yeast. Okay, perfect. And this is also the same ABV. This is five percent, so they've kept it the same. Yeah. I want to sit on this for a second. Mm. A nice um, like kind of bready. Once again, I'm I'm still getting that peppery vibe from the mm -hmm. Saz, mm -hmm. uh, in the nose. Um. Super clear. So in comparison, even if I want to just quickly hold them up. Yeah. Appearance yeah. Oh, is different. It's slightly looking it on the table. It looked more different than it is holding it up in front of the light right now. Yeah. It's a so little dark. There's, there's a little bit, there's, little bit of murkiness yeah. from the food or pills. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I agree. So like, the, uh, I agree. Just, like just a, just a tiny bit of cloudiness to it. Oh my God. The nose is night and day. My gosh. Yeah. It's totally different. They are. It's yeah, a good but, idea, Dave. But there is. Uh, that's why I wanted to try them side by side because yeah. there's a certain there's a fascination because it's like there is a parent-child yeah. relationship here. There's no question about it. You know? Yeah. It, it, yep. Uh, yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah, we'll add a yeah. we'll add a little findings to the uh, 
to the bohemian pills but uh with the fooder pills we decided not to just to try and keep some of those original flavors in maybe we will in the future i'm not sure but uh still yeah like i said still trying to wrap my head around that <laughs> what's happening there and uh and uh how we can it's it's a whole new pro like you said you've already done there. how many beers in the fooder three uh so yeah three beers two of them this is the second uh of the pills man it's gonna take time i mean yeah. you, you know yeah. it's a whole other instrument even more so than barrels and, and stuff like that from what i yeah. from what i understand yeah. about food is anyway the this og is like classic extremely refreshing um it's got a nice dryness to it grassy spicy um bready did I say that already? Maybe I didn't say that already. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, the super crushable. Exactly what you would uh, expect from the style. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really love it. Like, for, Do you guys have a Luca tap at all, by any chance? Yeah. Yeah. Should we, you do? We rock the, yeah. Yeah. So we do the, uh, the, the boho on that, the bohemian on that. Stop it. Yeah, it's nice. There's it's nice. honestly I don't know if there's anything better. That's probably my favorite thing of the last whatever, however many whenever I discovered it four years ago or something, which is late, but good lord, it is the greatest uh it's the greatest thing known to human. It's, it's yeah, phenomenal. we just got one, I don't know, six months ago or something. It's it's, it's amazing. Great. Love it, yeah, love it. Do you put... and while, like and, and while we're talking about that, it's worth mentioning as well that your oatmeal stout um, like available on nitro is uh, like is just divine. They, 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 like there's two they, like there's two spots in the city that do that. Um, like Tooth and Nail does Fortitude on nitro and like and Flora Hall's um, oatmeal stout on nitro. Just Money. chef's kiss. Yeah, beautiful mouthfeel, beautiful beer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. the OG it's, is like, just... it, like it's it, like it's just a delightful way to serve such a good beer. Mm. Could not agree more. All of these serving, but the uh, but the bohemian, but the bohemian with the side pour, it, it, it it's analogous. No. It really is like it's wow. like you look at it and you're like, well, okay, it really does change the the drinking experience. It really does. Yeah, yeah, it it would for sure. <laughs> and now with them side by side, it's like there's like a it's like a fruitiness with the food. Though, that yeah, if that's a. Yeah. It's probably not totally. the most intricate word, yeah. but like there's like a yeah, like a the, the, there is that added complexity there for sure. Yeah, what what is that? So yeah, I mean my my best guess is. Um, so first thing that comes to mind is the acetaldehyde. It's like green apple, green apple. That's the green apple. Yep. Okay. You know what I mean. So I'm like, how the hell did that happen? How does how does this green apple um, happening? What I what I think is going on is I think there's like a slow oxygen ingress through the yolk, which can actually um, like essentially ferment alcohol itself into acetaldehyde. So um, I believe that's what's going on. I believe that's what's going on. That's my my best guess. My best uh, guess uh, to what's going on. Yeah, interesting. Sorry, guys, I'm just changing my battery. It'll be yeah, no worries. Oh, should I? 
So, Rod, are you telling me I should get a discount from the fooder maker? The, the oxygen's getting in? No. It's like he's it's well, not spot. Let's get him on the line. Maybe. Let's get him on the block. Maybe. I'm a little – I <laughs> I mean, I haven't seen a lot of oxygen ingress through the other two fooders. My my thought is the uh, the, the lower temperature on this one is uh, causing the wood to kind of contract sure. a little bit. The wood contracts exactly. I love that, yeah, but I, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. what that's what I love about the whole thing. Is it, it as, as see as you said, it's a new tool. It's a new, it's a new thing, and that was why we bought it. That's why mm -hmm. we got it. Like Rod and I talked about what could we possibly put up on that shelf there, and we and we looked at different things, and this is just another little tool in a in the hands of super skilled people to see what they can produce. And so yeah, I yeah. love the organic nature of it. Maybe there is some, oxygen. maybe there, you know, you're going to, it's, 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 it's okay. like playing in a, a musical, it's a musical instrument, right? And you're going to get to know what, it, what it does, what it doesn't do for you and, and figure out how to, how to produce beautiful beers out of it. So, yeah, I'm so excited by that. Uh, it's very cool. And there's no other way to do it but experiment and time. So it's, you know. Yeah. yeah. And, like, already, though, like, it's fantastic. And it's so it's so uniquely different to the original, which it's, it, is it, the it, intention, it really right? Is. So yeah. it's. Yeah. yeah I, think it, it, I think it works, you know. Like um, like I said, I'd, I'm not saying uh, I think it's, it's perfect or anything. I definitely – I think this is a work in progress, but uh, it's super interesting, and um, yeah, I do like it. It's very it, cool. The, the flavors play well with each other. I think. Hell yeah! Do you so on over and above the food? Do you guys have a barrel program at all? Um, not at the moment. We don't have really. We have four uh, kind of Chardonnay white wine barrels uh, still in the brewery. We're not using them really right now okay um we did have another eight like uh red wine barrels that uh we've replaced with the fooders right now so well and and i mean we do have a barrel program because in the bottom in the basement of my house right here i've got 300 bottles of barrel aged apricot sour that he put in there in 2020 that are going to come into the market because he's now finally produced a beer that is also bottle aged that I can put down there. So we're going to replace the, so the apricot sour is going to come in into the retail shop whenever you produce, whenever those other bottles come to me. So it's keep replacing them. It's good. Bottle condition. Keep replacing them. them. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's cool. The other like uh, the other barrels have gone to my father, who's uh, making furniture out of them right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, the barrels the barrels are gone. The barrels are now Out planters and chairs. And... <laughs> I've always wanted a barrel. I think it looked just sick. It's just cool to have in the yard or some shit. Yeah. yeah. I okay, saw I, 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 I saw in, uh, in like in some Instagram stories today that Badlands are making uh, tap handles out of old barrels now. Oh wow! Oh, nice. yeah. Old staves, yeah, it's a good idea. Yeah, I do something with them bad boys. That's sick, but it's like at least you know I feel like fooders are uh, maybe less common as well. Um, you know they're probably more expensive and sort of harder to come by, and I don't find them the most. You know. They're not, they're not in too many places. So I think it's really interesting. And now that I'm actually thinking about it, I don't even know if I've ever had a food of Pilsner before. 
Well, definitely had. I, I definitely have your first. I definitely haven't. Pop the old cherry. It's. Uh, <laughs> I feel like it's 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 very different to a an oak pilsner, like a barrel pilsner. There's like like the the, the descriptions you were giving before. There were were you know that out green apple and the pear and stuff. For whatever reason, it, if it's this auction coming through the 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 wood, like it's it's a unique beer, and that's the intention of of offering that. And so you know. I, I like because you haven't even done that many beers through it. It's just barely scratching the surface, probably, of what you're able to do mm. uh, through these through these yeah. things, which yeah. is sick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, we're gonna see see where it goes with these things. Um, one thing I would mention with the fooders is like just the functionality for us right now. Like when we had those barrels up there, it was just really hard to work on them. You know, we had them up there for like five years really. And we've already in the last six months, um, made, you know, produce more beer out of those fooders than we did out of those barrels. So just having, you know, having the valves, having the, you know, instrumentation on there, it just makes it so much easier to work with. Mm. Um, and I don't know if you've been in the hall, like they're way up on the, in the rafters. So, right. You know, when the barrels were there, you know, we we're up on the rafters and I had to like empty the first, you know, the top barrel, lift it by hand, get the, get the bulldog into the bottom barrel and put it down. Right. It was that's pretty, whole, dodgy. That's the it's pretty, it's pretty dodgy that's uh, the, working up there. And now it's like, that's the crap. Fear, I fear for my life. Is that the episode so name? I fear for my life less. And uh, <laughs> therefore we've made more beer out of them. Not just therefore, but like, you know, it's, uh, no, that's just that makes, functionality that's means like we're kind of yeah. constantly paying attention to them more than we're in the barrels. That we get. Mm. I mean, I guess that when you put it like that, I know you're joking, but like, you're also serious that like, there's more beer because food it doesn't need to sit as long to be impacted i guess and a barrel the barrel program is just a different concept and it is a lengthier yeah. by nature thing so if you're able to have a, a fooder that you can turn things over faster there's more value to the brewery than that and if you're gonna have a barrel program well that would be a different thing in that you know it doesn't totally. maybe have to be in the rafters you know you can have these fooders that are a little more <laughs> uh, effective and uh, you know you can pump something out in a few months as opposed to you know, for barrels that have to be six to twelve, really to really impact it, I guess. Yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, yeah I guess yeah, like yes and no. Like the, uh, you know, like maybe a few years from now we're gonna have to leave it in the fooders for longer to really have that impact. But because it's like new wood, you know, we're really getting a lot of oak out of it at the mm -hmm. moment. Um. And, uh, you know, I think if you're, if you're running like a barrel brewery or something, you're probably, you know, you've, you've probably got a little more functionality built into your brewery as well. So, so you have to, yeah, you're in for it, you're in it, you're in you're in a different setting. I mean, we're in, we're in that's a downtown it. space where space is a premium. So yeah. that's it. So it's not Buddhist really, work yeah. for beautiful. What other beers were you, have you guys, if you can talk about it, have you got in mind for the fooders? Like, is there anything else that um, you you're going to put in there that you can speak about? Yeah, I mean, we've got an imperial stout in there right now. 
Hell yeah. Nine and, nine nice. and a half percent. Um, not really sure what we're going to do with that yet. Um, it's, it's already tasting great. We're just uh, going to think about what we're going to do with it. Um, the the one one of the fooders, like the one that we've uh, taken the, um, what we're calling the Brett Blonde out of. Um, so we put uh, like a Brett, or sorry, a uh, Belgian Blonde, like Ardennes, um, Ardennes fermented um, uh, Blonde Ale um, into that with some Brett C. Uh, we we took uh, about like sixty percent out of uh, a volume out of that, replaced it with like a Belgian Double, so it's kind of like an amber Brett right now. Um, the thought is to kind of Solera that a little bit. Gotcha. Um, you know, keep filling it up. Eventually, or... keep filling it up. Uh, right now, it's just Brett C in there, but uh, maybe we'll add some more, uh, more Brett. Maybe we'll we'll get into lacto, and who knows, like PDO eventually. Um, yeah, so I, I think they're just going to be kind of evolving. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. th- that's really the only the only ones that uh, that uh, we've got plans for right now (laughs) i don't know i kind of like don't plan too far ahead (laughs) and that's like as soon as as soon as i have a you know a tank um or like see a tank opening up or a fooder opening up then that's kind of when we as a team discuss what we're gonna do and and therein lies therein lies i think the definition of floor halls like that's what we want that's what I want. That's what I want. I want Rod waking up in the morning and going to work. And what are we going to brew? What are we going to do? Talking to his people, you know, and that's why we produce beer after beer, after beer, after beer, which is unique and delicious and amazing. And that's what we will always do. We commit, we commit on this podcast to do that for the rest of time. Look at that. We will not be predictable. We will be constantly changing, and uh, that's what it's all about. Hell yeah! I man. love that. This is this is great. Um, I, yeah, Nate, go. On. It really, it it really, really is. And uh, Rod, I'll tell you right now something I would love to see again. Um, that Vermont style double IPA that you did, like that oh, you did yeah. for the last anniversary. I fuck, I, I fucking love that one. I would love <laughs> oh, to see good. that one come back. Oh man, that was uh, that was another one of those like pain in the ass beers, but I'm like so glad to hear that you like that. I really, <laughs> really uh, did. I really, really did. That's good. Uh, what was see, it called? See, this, this also, this is also the story of my life. I'm trying to, I'm trying to create this. Like, we'll always produce new beers, and when I'm in the top room, that's like, ah, oh, but what about this one? What about, oh, why doesn't Rod? Why doesn't Rod make this one? And that one in particular was like a Nate, stress. There's Nate. He's like dropping in the top ropes. He's dropping right on me. He's like, what about this one? Dave, make it happen. I love. I, yeah. I love the fact that people love beers that we've made before, and mm. but we and we will make them before. We will make them again, but we'll also always be making new beers. Yeah. A, no, I love that too. That's I the beauty of too. it, to be honest. Yeah. Because when it does come back, you're like, oh, you appreciate it. And I think that's like yeah. the an- antithesis to a flagship where people maybe get a little um, uh, numb to it, where they don't realize how good it is. Like, you know, 
having good these, it is. Yeah. these three beers, at yeah. least for me tonight, my first time trying these one, I'm like, oh, these are fantastic. But these are year-round? Are you kidding me? Like, I wouldn't normally consider these to be year-round beers because they were also, like, not that, I just feel like flagships get fronted on a lot. And I would say I'm probably guilty of that too because it's always there. So you're like, yeah, I can get it whenever. So there's something right. to be, you know, right. you make right. something like that's a one-off that you do that one off twice a year or three times a year or something and you just got to catch it when it drops. I know that that method to me, I think is even cooler because you know that if you miss it for whatever reason, then you're like, ah, oh, you're going to be mad, but you know, it's going to kind of come back at some point, but you don't know when. Yeah. You don't Absolutely. Know when. I don't know when. Yeah. And you guys not knowing <laughs> when is even cooler. Yeah. Not keep and it's no uh, secrets. Like, uh, like, and I can like, and I can speak like I can speak as a local consumer, and I, you know, I've had, uh, like, I've had the uh, like, you know, the ordinary bitter a couple of times. I've definitely had the American note and the West Coast IPA several times before, and it's a treat every time. Like, like, and for like for me, a standout like, but like the West Coast IPA, very fucking nice. As a, the, the, like yeah. as a flagship goes, that's one I'm always excited to have over and over and over again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's important that you guys seem to have found a nice balance for everything that you're doing, and it just makes sense, and you guys have a nice rhythm, and that rhythm includes a lot of randomness, and that's the beauty of what Flora Hole is, is that randomness, yes. and that you can pop in, and you'd be like, all right, what's going on? Whether you're a local or an out-of-towner, and you almost don't even know what you're going to get, and that's the point of craft beer, I guess, is, you know, there yes. might be some yes. reliables in there, that maybe you've had the oat pale ale before and you're going to rock up again and maybe you haven't had it in six months. You're like, yes, it's here again. And, and then also you're going to have something random. Strawberry rhubarb goza that's coming out tomorrow, but even yes. though the podcast yes. comes out next week, but yes. you know, it'll be out by the time you guys hear this. Oh, yeah. Things like that. I, I think that's really cool. And you guys have seemed to have found a really nice balance of what works for you. And I think that's the most important, what works for you two and the team and for the consumers and, and, and what they expect and, you know. It's great, and you've been able to bring craft beer to Centertown in Ottawa, and uh, it's just such the it's the best location. I just feel like it's it's so dope. We used to always I'm a big fan of coffee, so we my friend used to be a manager at the Arlington Five, like literally the street over. Amazing. So Amazing. go there, Amazing. get a great coffee, place. get yeah. some food, and come up to Flora Hall, get beers, and get more food, and then you go and you know and, and cruising around Ottawa. It's just it's the perfect uh, location, man, and it's um. Love it. Big fan of everything you guys are doing. It's been very, very cool to hear the thinking behind it all and the intention and, and the way you guys, you know, have worked together all of this time, all this dinner, coming up on six yeah. years. It's it's dope. Speaking of that, is there anything, I mean, I know it's like five months away, but is there anything planned that you can speak of for October for six years? Well, I'm not, I'm, I mean, I'm obvi not obviously, doing... he's got to brew the mango lassi IP. <laughs> obviously. <Yeah. laughs> and the well, double last year, we did, uh, last year, we did five new beers for five years, and I don't yeah, think I did. can do six this year. <laughs> um, I honestly don't know. Like, uh, yeah, we'll probably rock the rim, the mango lassi. And, uh, there we go. There we go. Committing but publicly. We're also gonna we're also gonna do something oh. else, but I haven't thought of it yet. Yeah, right on. I love we'll that. Have, we'll have some we don't good, need to we're, know we're, yet. we're also saving like to, a couple of uh, things. I got uh, I got a little bit of the old the old ale uh, stashed away as well. Nice. So bring that Might back. Um, yeah, 
we'll have a few we'll have a few new ones for sure that's awesome excited for that was there anything else we needed to make sure that we touched on this evening fellas uh that we that we may not have got to i don't think so we're good feeling good great to talk to you yeah great to talk to you likewise man i really enjoyed uh enjoyed this conversation i knew i would man i just always i don't know why there's something about you guys i think the first time i went to Flora Hall, we were with Dominion City. We went to their brewery, and they had a, a speech. Ren did a, a talk there, and yes. we all went. Yes. Were you there? That, yeah, we all went on the bus. They got like these. Yeah, like, yeah, we were. Yeah, we were all there. After. Not a bus. What do you call it? Like those fucking, you know, like soccer mom vans for <laughs> taxis. And they, we yeah, all the, went the, out. The, I mean, the, the, there was a bit of a group carpooling thing that's, going on. That's what you want to call it. And we all went to Flora Hall. That was the first thing. The whole team, like you know, Josh took everyone. We all went out there. I think that was my first time. And basically every trip to Ottawa since then, I always made sure I swing by because I was like, man, this place is cool as hell. And everyone's so nice. And the next time my girlfriend and I went, we went and ate some food and it was fantastic. And, you know, been a fan for quite some time. So I was very, very happy you guys were down to hang out with us tonight and, and share the story and share some beers. And so I very much appreciate you both, man, for real. I, I think you guys have created something very, very cool and very needed in, Thank you. in the area. And, uh, I don't know. I kind of love you guys even more now that I've heard the whole story. Right, we, look, we look forward Cheers. to seeing you next time. Oh, we'll be we'll be back in. So uh, we're gonna wrap up here. Stick around once we uh, once we cut it off and we'll we'll, uh, we'll finish up off air. But where can everybody find Flora Hall online and of course in uh, real life? Well, fl- online florahallbrewing.ca at Flora Hall Beer on Instagram, at Flora Hall Brewing on Facebook, and in real life, which is the best life, let's be right. <laughs> 37, 37 Flora Street, corner of Bank of Flora, Centertown, Ottawa. Come and see us. That's it. Ask for Dave. Ask for Rod. Ask for hugs. They'll give them to you. Don't you worry <laughs> yeah, about that. We will. Ask for- Ask for Mango Lassie IPA, they'll have it ready. <laughs> that, <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> that's not true. That's not true. That's not true. I take that back. I recount. I recant that. We, um, we will. We will. We, oh, Rod said it, guys. Once gonna, a year. Once a year. Once a year. Once a year. I'm going to take a screenshot. Do you guys want to, for the thumbnail, do you guys want to hold up some of the uh, the beers here? Some of the cans? So we can look so nice in the, the photo so people can see. Hold up these gorgeous bad boys. I'm going to go these twins. These little pills in the twins right here. You see the vibes. Yeah. There we go. This is my, this is my, this is, I loved it. I loved, I loved everything about this. Closer, closer to that pretty head. Yep. There you go. Don't block the head. Don't block that head, Dave. We need the head in there. (laughs) There we go. Are we ready? Done. Beautiful. Uh, boys, once again, st- thank you again for your time. This is uh, a genuinely uh, fantastic podcast. Really, really enjoyed the convo. Um, we'll finish up offline, but uh, everybody, thank you for watching and listening. If you enjoyed the episode, smash the thumbs up, hit subscribe below, and hit the notification bell, Nathaniel. Ding. So you know when the new new drops. Follow us everywhere at BOS Podcast. We drop new episodes every Wednesday. We drop the audio in the morning and the video in the evening so make sure you check that out follow us uh so give us that like five star in uh spotify and apple podcast you know the vibes yeah. and um five star five, see dave said it dave see how can you look at that he is a statesman of craft beer in ottawa 
And if he said it, you have to listen to Dave. Um, gentlemen, this has been a pleasure. I really appreciate you both. Thank you again. This was a lot of fun. And everyone, we'll see you in the next episode. Cheers, y'all. Cheers.